the beat, beat. All since notes are fully punctuated. Running the light dot exe. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is complete. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? I will shoot you. Error. Server block 3 is experiencing critical ignition. Yes, right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast. Holy shit. It's the Low Life Podcast. It's your boy Coin Ops. I'm here with uh, Shadow Link and Scum. Say hi, guys. Hi. hi. And today, this week, this episode, we have a very special guest. We have Anna Mossakat. Hi. Yeah. I'm, and, uh, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you very much for, for inviting me. Oh, this, this is going to be great. Thanks we're we're real happy to have <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, she was uh, born in Warsaw, Poland, moved to Munich, attended film school uh, for script writing, and she works as a producer, director, award winner. She works for some uh, video games, which I would definitely like to ask a little bit more about. And uh, she's here uh, because she has this series called Behind Blue Eyes. Uh, she's a novelist. She's, she's, she's been writing some books for a minute. And I don't know how... We got in contact. I think it was just your your marketing was effective. And um, <laughs> then suddenly I was in a couple of Facebook groups and I was like, yo, she gets it. So somehow through all that and all of us kind of fighting out about you almost independently, it was like, yeah, let's, let's see if she wants to be on the podcast. And then a couple of weeks ago we had a meeting and it was a riot. And uh, we have been looking forward to recording this. So yeah, where do we even start? Um, yeah, tell me, like, the video game writing thing. What was that like? Like, what's the process? Oh, Who comes? Man, I don't. You? I don't know which games you you wrote for. Well, that's yeah. That's that's what I want to get oh, into. It's just yeah. But like, even the I would process. like to know that first of all, I guess. So I, I, I worked for two uh, major game studios, and I usually don't don't really name them because. Um, uh, oh, I rather I rather talk about the thing that are, things that are not good in the in the video game industry, and then it's not it's not so cool to name um, where I made right. those experiences. Gotcha. So that's fair. So I will not name the uh, the game studios I worked with, but uh, but um, they they are one is a big um, publisher, and the other one is a big um, game studio in Germany. And um, so triple A title games. Um, okay. So yeah, it, it, <laughs> the game industry is, is pretty horrible. Uh, yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you mind yeah. if, I, if I interject? Yeah, sure. Have you seen Fight Club? Fight Club, of course. Yeah, this just makes me think of that part where, uh, where uh, the narrator is talking about his job and then he's like, and then the guy next to him is like, which company do you work for again? And he says, <laughs> major one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, 
Yeah, but by the way, I have another series. I mean, we will talk about Beyond Blue Eyes, but I have another series called uh, Cyber Squad. And this series is very much based on um, my experiences in the in the video game industry. Okay. So, okay, so cool. um, yeah, no, it, is, it has really a lot cool. of lot of uh, insider stuff uh, from the industry itself and also Ooh. game development. So if, if you're interested, uh, you might want to check out those books. They um, They have a lot of it. And well, yeah, gaming industry is. I mean, you, you probably all know, heard of crunch time, and um, oh yeah, yeah, that's oh, no, just horrible. Show. It is like uh, in the one company where I worked, I, I didn't have a free day for probably six months, and Jesus and fuck. so um, yeah, and they they will tell you that you should be happy and proud because you work on this amazing project. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is this is the the kind of stuff that happens. So the video game industry it it has been a while. Maybe it got better, but I doubt it. So the video game industry is um really a very tough playing field. Uh, for me as a writer, um, definitely writing you know for for movies or for uh, or books is much more fun because um you're very limited in what you can do what you write in uh, when you're a game writer and um. A lot of the stuff is also, I mean, someone has to write every single thing you can read yeah. in a mm-hmm. game. So if you if you walk, walk through Skyrim and open a book and there is this whole story and there is some, yeah. some poor bastard wrote this whole thing. <laughs> so this book can stand I'm... in the library somewhere in the Imperial City and you can read this book and nobody will read it. Maybe yeah. like, like right. 10 Ten total nerds in the world will read all the books in Skyrim. <laughs> me, it was me, because I read hey, every I, book in Skyrim. Oh my god, really? I'm yes. Still, uh, I'm still astounded by the ascent, like the amount of co- conversations you've <clears throat> been over here. Like, oh yeah, I realized mm-hmm. no, the amount of I meticulous always... detail someone had to like do just writing out all these conversations. You've got the standard, yeah. you know, is anything real? Like, are we living in the Matrix conversation? Well, that's where, like. I can, well, that's why, like in the gaming industry, it's like give these people respect. Yeah. Oh, like, com- you need to, companies need to treat you well because they, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine moving that amount of words through my body. You know that like well, the, the game testers for Raven Software uh, unionized. Oh, cool. So like slowly, it's like it's yeah, game well, testers yeah, because... are the, the lowest on the on the food chain, and it's also oh, yeah. something that uh, I I. I talk about in, in Cyber Squad because um, they're the game testers are basically the heroes because uh, gaming has moved into VR and someone needs to go in there and test uh, the stuff because sure otherwise people can get killed. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. so the game testers are basically a turn from, from, from the lowest on the food chain to, to really heroic guys who have a high-risk job. Yeah. Uh, so this is... Um, this is the story, but in general, I think that the game developers, um, all the people working there, deserve a lot of respect. So I really don't oh, like yeah. it how they are, yeah. have been bashing um, like Cyberpunk uh, twenty seven seven because yes, maybe the, the game had some issues, but if you look at it, what they did there is absolutely incredible. So from 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 yeah. a mm-hmm. development point of view alone, um, the the details and all the assets they have in there, the incredibly detailed world. I mean, someone did every single asset. Someone built this whole city, which is yeah. as detailed as no other city ever has been. And the best oh, thing I- is, the best thing is, you don't even have loading screens. You walk, you can walk through the city, and you can drive through it in real time. 
So that's amazing. Yeah. And that's that, something, that thing. That's something like people don't realize that what, what an accomplishment that is. And so I not only admire the writers, but the coders and uh, level designers and um, asset designers and so on, um, because oh, yeah. there are amazing people. There's really oh, I, so I, much talent in there. Yeah. I got it when it came out and I took it, you know, 111 hours, just it absolutely went completely through it. And I have like my criticisms of it are criticisms of management because, you know, I said repeatedly, like the city is incredible just walking mm-hmm. through it and the slower you go, because when I got it, it was on a PS4 and it wasn't optimized. You know, there were a lot of things where um, textures weren't popping in like on time. So there was one thing where I clipped through a building and there was a box there that said placeholder asset on the box. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> but I also know like what they went through, like, cause you know, it has since come out. This is really, it really was like a failure of management. Like they kept switching things up and adding things together. And then, there's a strange kind of incohesiveness in the narrative, like when you go off on the side missions. And it it just felt like it wasn't a unified vision to me. But that wasn't anyone who punched code's fault. It wasn't a writer's fault. Like they were, this is what we're doing now. Okay, cool. You do the job. And what they put together was incredible, just that it worked at all because it was huge on a PS4. Like it just a fan would go nuts on that thing. It's absolutely amazing. I, I, I absolutely love the game. Of course, I mean, it's a cyberpunk game, so I love sure. the whole aesthetics and everything about it. And um, yeah, I mean, the Mantis Blades, come on, they are, they are so cool. I mean, yeah, well, running, 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 like... running around Night City and chopping people into pieces with their <laughs> Mantis Blades. <laughs> oh, after I got the railgun that could see through walls, that game was fucking over for me. I was just like across the house, like the street, just like pop, 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 that room is empty. <laughs> get the thing now you know so it's, but i like that flexibility it was really nice and i and you know here's my big complaint jackie man i wanted more jackie <laughs> but that was actually good because you know he was such a wonderful character and everybody loves him and then he dies and that's like that's almost like like the puppy in john wick you know the puppy oh, totally. in john wick is like the the catalyst for 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 the whole story and similar here it's jackie who is like a wonderful character, and I, I really, I almost cried when he died. I was thinking, no, I was so mad. Yeah, I was so mad. I was like, no. <laughs> but that's actually good writing, you know, when you like yes. a character so much that yeah. when he dies, you're really upset and angry. That's very good writing. Yeah, uh, they could have saved his spine or something. I like can't that. remember. I cried for any character in Skyrim as, as much as I like the game, but. <laughs> oh sure, right. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> Sky, Skyrim's a toy box at this point. Yeah, like, pretty it's, much. It's been around for so long. I, I, I think I beat yeah. it at some point. The, one of the seven times I fucking bought it. But you know, like it's is like facial animations, man. Like uh, just uh, still, it's still really, me. really, <laughs> it's really fun in VR though. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. I really like it. Well, it's, it's it. It was definitely like a glimpse into what we could have in the future, right? Because you touch on sure. VR in in your works quite often, and I think mm-hmm. uh, when you look at Bethesda, I think is morally corrupt as a company. <laughs> they haven't been doing great, but at the same I'm time, so it's glad like they, 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 they all are morally corrupt. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's I, I'm not going to lie. I'll tell you what: in the last three years, the best games that I've played have been from like extremely small studios. Yeah, like Deep Rock Galactic is a fucking riot. The Ascent, I love that game. The Ascent, small team, mm-hmm. um, yeah. even No Man's Sky, you know, like 
they had like 11 or 14 people working on that game, which just even in its launch state was still pretty impressive as just a curiosity. Yeah. Now it's a full fledged fucking it's, it's incredible. <laughs> like, yeah, there's too many things to do. They that. still have That's like vision and a little bit more focus, I think, than some of the. More I, and I think you can keep that. Yeah. Communication is much easier mm-hmm. amongst a small group. Oh, definitely. The yeah, thing so. is, the thing is, so but um, most of those, uh, you know, big gaming companies started out like that. They started oh, as yeah. idealistic young people. Mm-hmm. It was the same as the company I worked at. So, so yeah. I, mm-hmm. I knew people who have been there from the beginning, and they said it wasn't like that, right? It was completely different when we started out ten years ago, and and now look at it. Oh, and, um, uh, so unfortunately, change. that's probably yeah. something very human, you know, people um, yeah. get successful oh, yeah. and then they, well, uh, take on well you make a trade. successful game. Now you get to make two successful games, two more games. You know what I mean? Like there's that and, and the ability and the vision to be able to do that is why. And I remember cartridge Activision, you know, Atari games. I remember EA, like early sports games, like, <laughs> you know, and, and they, they, they were serviceable and they were really good. And that's why they stuck around for 30, 40 years, you yeah. know, and, and become these weird behemoths that we see before us. Um, I, I still think like it's, it's still hard, but you know, Indies are still able to poke their heads out a little bit. They're able to get some press. They're able to kind of get, you know, what they're working on out there. And then something like papers, please comes out yeah. and everybody talks about it for like three years it's you know, it, it's, it's tough though because when, with smaller developers we usually get like smaller games like that as opposed to well i guess no my argument kind of goes out the window because we have no man's sky which is technically the largest sandbox that ever existed but right. when you're talking about like big open world v like immersive like you know like in your book where it's like you need you need the 10 hour long to make sure you don't starve to death you know and it's it's like that, but like a large, the, usually these bigger companies, the ones churning them out, not like smaller studios, but I, I guess it depends on what taste evil, what taste comes about in players. Like, what are they looking for? Like, cause I've been hearing about like Bethesda star, uh, not star citizen, whatever it's called. Starfield or something. Yeah. And everyone's like, eh, not too sure about this one, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 A lot of people are open about whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to, be into this now because it wasn't mainstream until like nintendo really mm-hmm. i mean atari was super popular but i mean it just <coughs> it flooded the market with et you know they made more cartridges than there were systems in existence so it's like who's who's uh, green lighting this is it is cocaine involved what's going on here you know Probably. but now it's just you could be my age you, could be, you know you'd be like 47 and be like yeah no i like gaming and nobody says shit now and it's a really weird time. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. Well, like everybody's a gamer nowadays. Yeah, no, you in can't. Some way or even, even... No, I don't. I don't think everyone is a gamer. Unfortunately, not. Not, so, not, not so... a gamer in, in like say you know a like uh, you sit down in front of like a couch uh, online multiplayer kind of thing. But like, how many people have played fucking Angry Birds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but those people are not gamers. Come on. What did we say about gatekeeping? Uh. <laughs> so 
I'm an old school gamer. I, I played, you know, Monkey Island and the very first Dune game and all that was oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where I'm coming from. And uh, oh yeah, no, I played all that stuff too. But then I like I went on a honeymoon and didn't have a gaming console because of the fuck. No, right? yeah, our conversations we had before we started recording. I would not want to play against you in Call of Duty because you'll make fun of me. <laughs> Oh, I would, I would she play. Would, I would download it. Would and specifically yeah. for that. <laughs> I would just keep being on the other team and being just, like, "Hey, I'm over here by the bell." Kill you. That's that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make fun of you. I would just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Oh. No, well, you you have a you you like to make people rage. That's what you said, <laughs> yeah. right? Correct. Who me? Yeah. Like rage? you like hearing you like hearing uh, other gamers rage. Oh yeah, so I mean, yeah. So this is the fun about about uh, uh, PvP, which is, in my opinion, more fun than PVE because if you if you if you kill an AI, it's just well, okay, I killed another AI, so that's 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 uh, what the NPC is for. But if you play against other players and you beat them, and you know they are really upset now because you've beaten them, that gives you you know um, endorphins. And uh, <laughs> that's the fun. You're not On the wrong. other hand, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get your your ass handed over to you, and that's very, very frustrating and annoying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, so I am the and kind the of gamer I will get beaten up, beaten up, beaten up, and then and then I decide, okay, I will get good at this game, and um, <laughs> that's what I do. So um, yeah, PvP is fun. I don't know. I, I, I I'm continuing it's been i've had it since launch i'm continuing to fail at elden ring i was just about to bring um, up elden ring yeah <laughs> and, it, and it has taught me that nothing matters and uh, all of this is literally temporary i'm sorry um, dude like i've been playing dark souls since like you know i'm get good i don't know i'm, I'm not good at that i'm not <laughs> yeah, per, I'm, my precision's gone i'm a big dark Souls. Like, that's why that's why i don't play fighting games anymore my reaction time is shit you know and my vision's yeah. kind of going a little bit so it's just like i don't now, maybe, maybe, the, as I've gone older, as I've gone older, I've gotten like steadily worse at Titanfall, and it upsets yeah, me. Yeah, no, that's, oh, no, that... that's unfortunately normal. That happens to all of us. Yep. Uh, you know, the the, yeah. the eleven year old kids would beat us. That's oh how yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. I can't play PvP in Destiny anymore because I can do co op stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just I, I, I knew that I could do never racing hang. games. I could never hang. Right. So. Oh. Well, no, I, you know what? There were like. Too. Like Splitgate, I was a monster oh. at when that launched. I just fucking dominated. Yeah, I started that, that's one that's pretty easy to to pick up though. Uh, for that's my experience though as arena shooter, not and arena then, shooters, yeah. not like this battle, not the battle yeah. royales that all these kids are playing nowadays. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, that's the kind of anxiety I don't need in my life. All right, what else, what else, what else we got? <laughs> all right yeah yeah oh yeah, I, was, so, I i going back to cyberpunk 2077 real quick as as a personal question i am like starting to actually get interested in it you you play on pc no i i have an xbox okay well how how is it going so far like how how is is it playable <laughs> is it playable at this point so, so the, the funny thing is, I I have an Xbox One, yeah. first generation Dope. Xbox One, so uh, it's really old. Yeah. And um, the game, I didn't have even one crash since oh. day one. I I oh, yeah. pre-ordered the game and I started playing it. I didn't have any bugs, any issues, nothing. And I was wondering what what is everybody talking about? 
there's nothing wrong oh, with God. this game. But yeah, no. this is something oh, most people don't know, and that's something you know when you when you know something about game development. That um, it depends very much on the console, and it depends mm -hmm. even on yeah uh, when the console was produced and what the differences are. So for yeah. game developers, it's uh, so what they did was crazy. It could never work because they developed it for uh, for the old generation of Xbox and and uh, PlayStation, and for the new one and for PC. So so mm -hmm. that was too many platforms, and then yeah. there are oh, the yeah. different consoles yes. from you know uh, different uh, production years and every uh, the code will work different on every kind of console and mm -hmm. on pc so it was impossible uh, for them to to do it right and i was lucky because my my um, old xbox was really doing very well so um yeah i never had any issues and i loved the game yeah that's interesting i, I never knew that really love you well i, I like I, I, my, my ps4 is like Six, six months after they dropped and i mean it's chugging along i gotta vacuum it out every now and again um i put in a new hard drive you know and it's like oh man it just it was early in the production line you know they hadn't put the new chipsets in and all this other stuff yet so I'm, I'm starting to think now that a lot of these newer games the problems i'm having is just because it's an early gen of that generation probably because I know they iterate and they improve things over time. Mm -hmm. It's just, well, and they put out the PS Pro or PS4 Pro or whatever the fuck that was. And apparently that works great. And I'm like, I, that iterative bullshit kind of pisses me off a little bit. But it's still, I did finish the game. You know, I can't say I didn't. You know, I did, I did get through it. I did have a lot of crashes, but it, I think it's for that reason. And I hadn't really thought of that. Frankly, I think they just should have done it for the new gen. You know what I mean? No, then I couldn't yeah. have played it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, would have sold consoles. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it's such a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have PS5 or whatever. You know, I'm, and the only reason I'm kind of sticking with them is because I know they're doing the, the new VR rig looks, looks really fucking good. So, I don't know. Everything's weird now. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> That's another statement. To sum up. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, so yeah, Shadowlink, you had some questions, yeah. right? Yeah, so I was, I, I want to talk about your writing a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm curious as to like what kinds of things from the real world you bring into your writing. What, what from uh, Meat Space, as we know it, uh, do you like inspires the things that you write about? Um, I think probably one of the reasons I write uh, cyberpunk and not space opera or something like that, which I also like, is that um, cyberpunk is more grounded and uh, you can bring in much more um, yeah, meat space uh, into it than um, in, in other uh, sci-fi genres or, or fantasy. Um, so for me, yes, I... I I, I call myself I call myself a professional pessimist because I I write dystopias and always have uh, so even my first books back in in Germany they were not cyberpunk but they were dystopias so I I watch everything that is happening I watch the world very very closely and um, particularly geopolitics always has been very fascinating to me and so I watch everything that happens and and. Uh, in a way, I uh, it, it will reflect in my books. So um, 
many stuff, a lot of stuff is, is really based on reality, but just uh, changed. So it is fiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you have a, you have a really, uh, it, it's, it's fun to read your work because you, you do really wear your, your influences on, on your sleeve when it comes to geopolitics. Uh, this, it strikes me a lot like uh, 1984. I mean, which is, seems to be, a, which is a clear influence. Yeah. Uh, I think um, that and Animal Farm as well. Uh, you, you quote those quite a bit, which. Um, also Brave New World. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, of course. Because mm -hmm. they're all, so like, um, they're all the, the test tube babies, right? They're what? Uh, most people what? are like grown in bats. Oh, in this yeah. in this for in behind blue eyes's future or i think they're uh they're getting there right with the genetic engineering labs and whatnot like that's becoming yeah. more, more common yeah so in, yeah and there they have they have uh perfectionized it yeah they don't really you you want your offspring to be as perfect as possible yes mm -hmm. and um that's that's yeah. something yeah and, and also the you know the the utopia the so in and Behind Blue Eyes, Olympias is a dystopia that comes uh, in disguise of a utopia. And, uh, and this is yeah. something that uh, I took from um, Brave New World because that's exactly what, mm -hmm. what it is there. And just, mm -hmm. I think that uh, my world is way more brutal than um, uh, what we have in Brave New World. But oh, yeah, it is, it is definitely much, yeah. yeah, it's much more violent for sure. Well, just like, it, is, it is wonderfully cinematically kinetically. Fun. Yes, exactly. yes. Uh, it, there's, I do love there's that. some really, uh, you feel it. You know, it's mm, well, there, it, like even I, beyond. I, I don't want to spoil anything. Y'all yeah, should no, read don't. this book. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop the podcast. Go read the book. Come back. I think a little bit, a little bit. Uh, you can spoil a little bit. I mean, you can talk about the story a little bit as long as you don't spoil okay. the the major uh, plot points uh, and at the end. I'm trying to keep it to the first oh, yeah. like hundred. That would be like so. um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we what, won't what do that. The, what was dude's name? Let's let's talk about uh, what was his name? Kenwick. Kenwick, yes. Finwick, my Finwick. favorite fucking character. Yeah, oh yeah, Finn's great. That was not <laughs> not only yours. He is everybody fa favorite. Everybody's or most people's favorite character because uh, he's the only normal guy. Yeah. in there and and yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's also a nerd. Normal. So I I admittedly I have a very very soft spot for nerds. Nerds are my favorite. <laughs> So um, that's why I wrote also Cyber Squad, which is like all, all characters and nerds there. But in in Beyond Blue Eyes is um, it's Finwick, and he's he's very nerdy, and uh, I think a lot of guys can um, identify with him, with him quite yeah. well. And, oh yeah, um, well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's also yeah he's also madly in love with a killer cyborg. Yeah, well you know <laughs> aren't what, we all what made <laughs> that. His whole like bit at the you know, like you know when it starts kind of getting into what he's into, there's this uh, there's this scene in Virtuosity where there's this guy he's like the nerdy lab tech and he wants to like <laughs> print out the like this hot girl that he made and it ends up being Russell Crowe who straight up murders him you know and it's like you went a different way with it and I appreciate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but also like yeah. I appreciate, cause I'm not going to say the moment, but like there are moments in the, where you realize like how absolutely morally bankrupt this 
supposed perfect society actually is and how normalized everyone's kind of been brainwashed to believe it is. And Mm. it's like with Fenwick, (laughs) he likes what he likes, but he's not an asshole. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like he he, to the point where he almost doesn't realize how more human than he is than everybody else. And he's supposed to be like the weird outcast. You know what I mean? He's a meatball walking through a blade factory. He is played by Henry Zabrowski. From uh, your pretty face is going to hell. Literally, I just envisioned this short, fat, redheaded man. That's literally it was literally him. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. Uh, but uh, no, Anna, so please is, go ahead. He does. He does the right thing. So this is this is the thing. Yeah. He is he is basically uh, brainwashed like everyone else, and he lives this whole society and 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 everything. But when it when it depends on doing the right thing, he will do the right thing. He will you yeah, know mm-hmm. stick his neck out for for someone else what nobody else does and and so this is what makes him very very lovable and um yeah in the later books he will uh he will make uh, quite yeah. some uh, evolve it quite a like, bit so yeah it seems like he's got oh, he's nice. got he's got a character arc going on he, um, oh yeah his, his first move is fun because they set it up and for like a hot second i'm like what, what, what why huh it's like he loves her that's why he's fucking doing this. Yeah, you know, and it was it was kind of a fun moment because it it stopped it from being him just being pervy. <laughs> and he actually like put some fucking skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, maybe the, well, literally. All right. Yeah, no, that does work. Fuck. Um the fact how literal you made that choice too. <laughs> between I, like his perver- like you could either have you could either have one thing or you could have this mm-hmm. other thing. One is more important than the other. And it becomes very mm-hmm. obvious why. And uh, yeah. no, I really like that. Oh, you mean when she when she when she comes into his apartment and yeah. makes him the offer? <laughs> yeah, Either yeah, I could yeah. fuck your braids out, or yes, I could just and beat the says, shit out oh, of you. Oh yes, please. Wait for the for the audio version. We worked on that scene uh, pretty intensely, the the narrator <laughs> and I, and because it's, it's supposed to be really funny, and he's yeah, really yeah. crying it out. He's oh yes, please. Right and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or I could kill any shithead that messes with you. And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, am a, I am a meatball walking through a blade factory. Uh, this might come in handy. You know, like he's very practical. Yeah, no, yeah I mean, imagine you can have, you can have Nephilim to, to, to guard your back. I mean, yeah, you would be stupid not to do that. Right. Yeah. Especially 100%. when she says you want someone gone, they will be gone. No questions asked. Yes. Yes. And that actually, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I wanted to ask, like, what, where, where do you get the, like, what, what is the title inspired from exactly? Because this, it, I mean, obvious, the, the obvious uh, uh, references to, um, uh, with Sinatra. Yeah, behind Blue Eyes, but yes. By the who? Um, um, the yeah. Who, sorry. I get them mixed up. <laughs> um, but that or, uh, that quote, that uh, that Gibson quote about um, something about uh, seeing behind, uh, well, seeing, uh, I don't even remember right now. Think real <laughs> so hard it now. Is, um, yeah. the, the song is actually very important for the book. Uh, not only the title. I mean, the title mm-hmm. is fitting because they have those neon blue eyes. So yeah. when I was searching for a title... Uh, this one jumped right onto me. 
And I really love the song, but I, pr- I actually prefer the version of Limp Bizkit. I, I like it more than okay. than uh, The Who. Um, Fair. Um, but the song, the, the text of the song is extremely important because basically it, it shines through the whole story. Um, no one knows what it's like to be the bad man, to be the sad man behind blue eyes. No one lo- knows uh, what it's like to be hated, to be fated, to tell only lies. But my dreams, they aren't as empty as my conscience is supposed to be. And so on. So this is this is everything. Those those um, lines uh, are in the characters. And they apply to three characters in the book, actually. So at the beginning, you think it's about Nephilim because she stands in front of the mirror and actually thinks of... Uh, what is behind her blue eyes. But um, it also applies to Metatron, as we learn in the epilogue, Mm -hmm. and it applies also to Jake, Mm -hmm. who has natural blue eyes. Um, So, yeah, the song is really important for for the book. I have a confession to make. Um, I didn't make that connection. I just kept thinking (laughs) it was like... Yeah, I didn't either. Some reference to Sinatra. I terribly because I'm yeah I don't think I remember <laughs> did any of us make that connection like I didn't well no and I, here's the thing I fucking know the song I love the song I'm a Who fan like the, yeah. it, just, whatever my synapse went you know northwest <laughs> instead of east and they arrive at just thinking about maybe it's that noir the last days of Sinatra where his own lyrics were on a teleprompter in front of him because he just wanted to work you know and wow I I am so dumb. but it's just a little thing you know that the the story has so many layers and uh, so so much is happening and uh there's a lot of subtext and everything so this is this is really just more of an easter egg so um i I enjoy all the the imagery uh the what you play around with names a lot too i mean nephilim is is uh i had to look some of these up but like nephilim (laughs) is a good choice I think. Yeah. yeah. Metatron I, is the uh, Metatron, voice of though? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Right? Okay. Metatron, it's they're a... all angel names. So, I mean, they, yeah. they are named after angels. And Metatron is... Uh, Metatron is an is, actual angel name? Yes, it's an actual angel name. And it's 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 got basically like God's speaker. Life. So, it's yeah. like... Um, Simulation. Like the press person for God is, yeah. is Metatron. It's the voice of God, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the voice of God, exactly. And uh, the reason why um, the guy who created Metatron, uh, who we won't talk about because we don't want to spoil anything, but the reason he called him like that uh, was um, because he was basically his his number one and the first Mm -hmm. prototype, and that's why he called him Metatron. That's an ego trip. Yeah, Yeah. and... Uh uh, yeah, there's also a reason why uh, Metatron called Nephilim, Nephilim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's. I mean, I have to say, I've never. But I, I like the use of the like the angel name yeah. in general, because yeah. like, like way back in the day when I used to buy my New Age books from a truck stop, I ended up getting this thing that was all about like the Tree of Life and like Kabbalah and shit, and a lot of it overlapped with like the apocrypha from the catholic upbringing and then the stuff that like my friends were into and then i saw the movie um the prophecy with christopher walken and it all made sense after that (laughs) it's i have to say it's been a while since there was like oh i'm not i haven't completed the book yet because there could be arc i doubt it 
is uh, I've never hated someone more than Metatron. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, really, yeah, like, yeah, because he is actually very popular. So he is he is uh, the second most popular character in the book. I, oh yeah, I, I, I can see why. Uh, but like, also, holy he's shit, he's like, well, he's like Joaquin Phoenix in uh, fucking Gladiator. Like, yeah, I didn't like yes. the like the actor yeah. Joaquin Phoenix for a decade after that movie because I was just like, I swear to God, if I ever see him, <laughs> fucking slap him right in the face. Like, it's that's how good a job he did. Yeah. And there's very Definitely. few there, you know, characters that come out of like, uh, you know, there's there's like what what fuck a Randall Flag, he's another one. Or you just want to slap the shit out of him. So so Stephen, have you reached the the revelation scene or not yet? Mm, don't think so. No. You would know if you had. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we, we don't we don't talk about it because that would be a major spoiler. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, um, no, no, don't get it. Uh, yeah. So it, once you reach it, hit me up and tell me what you think. Okay. Because I'm like right now, I'm like. Wow, you just how far? How far did you get? Oh man, she just shot up a gang for trying to dissect Finwick. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. So that's, that's one of that's one of my favorite so scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a blender going through a meat factory. Just so. like you're, you know, you're all gonna die, right? Like, <laughs> I really like that. Oh god, that was so. Um, this is this is a nice lead into my next question. This is a this is kind of a horny book. Yeah. Which, <laughs> yeah. I appreciated that, honestly. Um, like what as you know, as a switch myself, I, I appreciate uh, a lot of a lot of the different things that you, you put into this. Um, uh, and I guess I but it's it's really interesting some of the things that you do, some of the commentary that you're trying to make with the sexual culture of Olympias. Um, and I, I guess my question is like, what what kinds of things are you trying to get across with uh, with this? Like one of the one of the things that stood out to me the most was that uh, that game idea where. Uh, uh, you hunt somebody. Yeah, oh, yeah. goes. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was, yeah. I was reading that. Appealing. Like, it's appealing to me. On multiple levels. But... On multiple levels. I see. Okay. I mean, buddy, we can do that if you want. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I just slipped the dude an extra twenty at the end of the night at the escape room and find something. <laughs> some... So I mean, I'm. Um, I so yeah, I have a lot, I have quite a bit to say about this whole uh, thing. So first of all, you need to read the second book because there is a cyborg orgy in there. Um, okay, uh, dope. Yeah. So uh, what song is playing? It's really it's really uh, a little bit infamous the cyborg orgy because I mean it's mentioned in the uh, in the first book. So I thought okay, uh -huh. I need to bring it in the second, and uh, so the second and the third book are way more sexually loaded than the first. Um, because I, I figured, okay, if people like the first book, they won't mind it if it goes up a notch in, in the yeah. second. So yeah, we have in the first 50 pages, we have a cyborg orgy, which is rather <laughs> explicit. I got it. I and, love that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's Metatron and all his, uh, archangels in one room. Um, oh boy. So is it, is there, are there oils? No, they 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 right, they don't need oil because he's real into throwing no. people by their throats into bookshelves. Which yeah. just listen, that's my criticism. Did, who comes back to fix that? 
does he does metatron have a team does he have like maintenance and they come up and they just fix his bookshelf every time he's like about to you know do the do the initiation you know, metatron's it? horny again uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like robots you know um sure robots, these, there's like, robots books. Come he was just talking it, about the books i but, was worried um, about the books yeah, uh, he would never hurt his books. I mean, that's like that's the that. books. The books are holy for him, so yeah. the books never will get hurt. Right. But otherwise, yeah, there is there will, will be more damage in his in his place in later books. Um, now, when he is, is no when he's things. having fun, um, he's like pistons behind the panels. But uh, so, um, so I I like this. As you say, the book is horny. I like that because a lot of science fiction is is very sterile, sterile mm-hmm. yes. and and very you know um, young adult and so on. Yeah. And I wanted to make it really gritty and and so it is very violent. I mean, it is almost gory in places, and it's mm-hmm. um, but it's also very very sexual and. As I say, the later books even more because I, I really wanted to write a science fiction book for adults, um, which is also very sexy and and uh, it is. I mean, from what I hear from from readers, um, most people say it is very very sexy, and they yeah. they have their favorite characters and would like to see more of them. Um, yeah. But and diagrams. <laughs> what? <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> So this is this is one thing, and I it is not easy to write sex scenes. I have to say that. So it was um, I, I had books before where I had sex scene, but but not as many as here. And um, <laughs> I write them the same way as I write combat scenes. Um, oh yeah, no, because very much. it basically mm-hmm. is close combat, right? So <laughs> uh-huh. I'm calling it that from now on. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's 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 how I approach it, and yeah. uh, because that I mean, sex scene get get really cheesy and cringy very quickly if you're not careful. Oh, yeah, and, no. and there, so there's was... a whole there's a whole Twitter account I follow that's called "Men Writing Women Badly." That is <laughs> comedy gold. But there oh are also God. women writing men badly. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, sure. Sure. on the other hand, so it's 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 not easy to. For me, it was more difficult than writing, you know, the, the whole action scenes where Nephilim goes in and kills a whole gang of thugs. So that's that comes very easy for me. But um, the sex scenes were um, a little bit of a challenge. Meanwhile, not anymore. Meanwhile, I write them easily. But um, in this book, especially with Jake, where it's supposed to be a little bit mm-hmm. romantic, and that's that's uh, that that was a challenge for me. I'm not a very romantic person, so. Um, right, yeah. So this is this is one thing, but I why is it important? I, I I never write anything in my books that is not important for the story or for the world because then it becomes simple uh, in a simple effect, and I I want it to be to have a meaning. So everything has a meaning in in, in my books always, and the reason mm-hmm. there is so much sex in there is because the society uh, is very promiscuous. And um, yeah. this has a reason, uh, two reasons, actually. First of all, it's um, inspired by a Brave New World, where um, society is very promiscuous as well. Mm-hmm. And um, secondly, it is uh, because Olympias um, basically has abolished uh, meaningful relationships between people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and that's something that will be actually explained in the second book uh, more more clearly, Um 
it's so people are easier control. easier to control um, yeah. if there are uh, individuals. So mm. it's it's uh, for them it is it is better to keep them individuals. So meaningful relationships have become frowned upon, and uh, people believe that it's so much better to simply uh, fuck everyone they want at any time and uh, not bind uh, not being bound to anyone. So yeah, this is it's a very it's a very clever system that you put up and I, I enjoy the, the feminist themes that you put into it as well. Like you, you turn the whole, uh, like the damsel in distress thing on its head with, uh, Benwick. Yes. Uh, yes. That was the, the intention. The, the, <laughs> the fellow in, dis in distress and, uh, Nephilim is it Nephilim's journey. Like her character journey seems to be very much her, like coming into Domhood essentially. She is very much a dom. Well, it's fun. Um, it, it was funny. It's, a, it's a coming of age story very much. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Um, yeah. even though she's an adult, but yeah. Um, yeah so, so yeah, Finwick is, is, is the damsel in, in, in distress. But what was important to me also was Nephilim. There is a reason why she's so strong and why she's so good and everything. So I, I mm. don't like it when, you know, you have like uh, the, well, Seventy-pound as... girl who is beating up all the guys. Yeah. That's just yeah. like uh, mm -hmm. no, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why? So, so in 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 her in her case, um, she has been made to be so. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, she can eliminate a whole um, den of thugs because that's that's why she has no, been created. Um, and that's and but I love that that's part of her character arc is trying to. Because, you know, in my own kink misadventures, uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of, uh, like, trying to come to grips with my own dominant instincts sometimes. And that's, I see a lot of that struggle with, with Nephilim. Um, and I appreciate that, is what I'm saying. Um, when she was also, you know, raised to think, she's the boss yeah like in a lot of ways like she it it, it she has that like stitched in it really reminded me a little bit when i got through the whole thing it was this um short story by ursula k Le Guin called walking those who walk away from omelas and it's like the whole point of that story is there's this perfect fucking society and there's drugs that don't get you too high and there's like alcohol that won't get you too drunk but you'll be happy and all of the stuff is wonderful and then one day you're brought into this house down to this basement where there's this like starving child chained up. And it's explained to you that the reason why all of this stuff goes the way it goes is because we have to do this. If we don't do this, you don't have the rest of this stuff. And so there are those who stay and who have that in the back of their head for the rest of their lives as they keep taking these drugs and drinking and just living this you know utopian existence. And then there's the ones who take themselves into self-exile. And it's kind of like, it's such a question. The story is it, such a question. Like, you know, who, who are the people who would, mm -hmm. and then, you, you know, you just like look at the world and you wonder, and it's, um, it always happens when you get that, like when the glitches hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They hit like the glitches. Like you're like, fuck. All right. This is different. Yeah. And they come out like of nowhere. Look, there are moments I don't expect of like the moment with the, um, when she sees the child again, it's like, I wasn't expecting that. And it's like, then you learn this horrible thing of like how yeah, okay. we're up to that point. You're like, okay, cool. Then you realize like, Oh, everything is permitted. 
like oh, just oh, everything I mean, was permitted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like everything. Yeah, openings ago. Yeah. Anna, Anna, you killed a dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. I, All right. I, I just, just want to so, make sure. Yeah, you know. yeah. So I know, and that's actually so. So that's the interesting thing about the book. The body count is about, I think, five hundred or more people who get yep. killed, and no one ever mentions them. But the dog is like I heard that many times. Anna, you killed the dog. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I'm. I have three dogs myself. I love dogs. Right. So, so no, writing, writing the, the dead right dog there. was was not easy. I did that for a very specific reason, because um, there are two things. Um, if you want to establish someone as really, really evil, uh, then there are two things you can do. You can either have them um, kill or hurt um, a, a dog or a cat uh, mm. or a child. And um, mm. so this is like something... So far, so again, going back to John Wick, you know, at the beginning they mm -hmm. they killed a puppy, and everybody will understand John Wick will go and kill them all. And I was thinking when I watched this, yes, John, you're totally right. I would do absolutely <laughs> the same. Kill my dog, yep. and I will destroy you. So that um, was the fastest I ever got on board with the motivation of a character. Like it's when, so when they kill the puppy yeah. and John it's Wick, simple. I was like, yeah. "Alright, yeah. fucking kill mm -hmm. them all." Kill yeah, all. exactly. And and that's and so this is why I, I did it in, in Behind Blue Eyes. So to show how absolutely evil they are, I let them kill a dog in the first uh, twenty pages of of the book, yep. and yeah. um, that says everything we need to know about those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I said audibly, "Who are you?" Like <laughs> about you when I read that bit. Really, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah," I was like. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, look, why? At least, well, I'll tell you what, it made a lot more sense than like the dog living at the end of Dante's Peak. That pissed me off. I, uh, <laughs> that dog should have been dead long, long before it jumped off of lava onto a truck driving on lava. Okay, so it's that that's bullshit. When the dog <laughs> is eaten in the second Jurassic Park movie and all you see is the T Rex head come up with a chain attached to a doghouse sticking out of its mouth, fucking comedy gold. Uh, you know that's that's one but i didn't have to see it happen you know what i mean like and this this is like it's in my brain now thanks <laughs> yeah this it is it is very very no, brutal right because no it worked yeah i was like okay this is what we're playing with oh okay, yeah cool. the, the, the scenes where though you really nail that when you're trying to like depict basically evil or moral bankruptcy it's like those scenes stick with you and that's important <laughs> it's good that they do oh, yeah. like no. it there's not a it's lot what of they do. And so I, I wanted like, so the, the, one of my my main ideas when I when I developed the whole story I wanted uh, to have the basically the protagonists be the bad guys and mm -hmm. and um and still and still um, make people like them uh, because at the end they are also just human and mm -hmm. um, and this is this is what fascinates me. So I wanted them to be really uh, do very very evil things, and Nephilim also does very bad things. But uh, you mm -hmm. still can't help; you will like her. And um, same with Metatron. A lot of people really really like him, and not just because they say he's a great villain, but they like him as a character. And, oh yeah, it's and, so um, hard to do. Like you really did. Yeah, you accomplished it. Like that, that was the thing. Yeah. Where, like throughout the entire book, where like we're like, yeah, it's 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 like a very quick book that moves really well. And that's really hard to do. Like there's so much, there's so many elements <laughs> to your work that were like, man, that's hard to pull off, but you did, but you did yeah. you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, Metatron's great because in time you understand why. Okay. Like it's yeah. it's made clear, and it's it's um. I wouldn't say it makes them necessarily sympathetic, but it's just like, all right, I get it. I get it, man. You don't, you don't have a choice. Yeah, right? I, I appreciate when, <laughs> when writers can do that, when they can make a, give a, a villain a backstory, but not make yeah. them sympathetic. That's, yeah, that's hard to well, do he's... a lot nowadays because people just want to tug on your heartstrings sometimes. Um, well, and he's, he's likable because he's so fucking brash. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he he's not seeking any redemption or anything like that. No. You know, he knows no. exactly who he is, what he does, and yeah, he doesn't is he have that, happy that, with like, that. segment yeah. where he's thinking to himself and he's like, he prefers to kind of look like he's just a little bit off, a little bit too artificial. Isn't mm. isn't that him, or is that another character? Um, yeah, I mean, at um, the at the end, it turns out he's more artificial than. Uh, we think, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's... yeah, 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 I, yeah, yeah. That. That's. Uh, but no, I, I meant um, there's there's a part early on where a character is talking about the uncanny valley, and yeah. How mm-hmm. or not talking about it, but thinking. Oh yeah, it's um, it. it's Nephilim, and she's mm-hmm. thinking about like um, oh. like how androids work, and how like sex mm-hmm. box work, and how like the uncanny yeah. valley is like is a concept they have to take into consideration when designing these things. Yeah. Because like, yeah, you're, I you're thought pulling... that they were the cops. Yeah, I like the cops. Like yeah, cops. Yeah, the cops. Yeah. Which... They just look like robotic. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't... Which was a nice... Yeah, the cops the and, and housekeeping robots and so on. They keep yeah. them clearly uh, visible as robots. And yes. it's really only the sex bots they create as, as human as possible. Because as, as Nephilim uh, says, uh, when, when it comes to sex, suddenly the uncanny valley isn't so uncanny anymore. <laughs> but, uh, God, wasn't there just that news story about how, like, hey, they put like sweaty flesh on a robot? And I'm like, eh, yeah. here come the sex robots. Right. Yeah. Yes, know, like, yes. You know, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for the first industrial accidents with those things. Oh my god! We're gonna have it's just gonna be we're gonna have uh, like safety videos, but for sex robots, basically. It like it'll just like fold in half, like toward you with the force of a hundred and fifty ton press, and then it'll just. I'm waiting for it to be like just JPEGs of it. No, it's gonna be like the shake hands with danger, uh, like fucking video, but it's gonna be for sex bots. Rotten2.com will have like all of the exclusives. Oh god, no! I don't want even wanna. Mm. Oh, no, thank you. Call back. Anyway, but as it is in Olympia, so so p- people, of course, there are all kinds of sex robots for for every taste. But people still prefer. Yeah. Most people still prefer uh, a real flash, and uh, since everything is permitted, um, mm. yeah, there is. Of course, there are infinite possibilities. Yeah, there's like VR. Yeah. There are. Uh, there are like clubs for this kind of thing things right? get yeah. weird mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah things get real weird yeah no There's i i cosplay I, it's it's hard to hard to keep track of but i i enjoy that this is that that's such a uh, a large element of this book i appreciate um, I, you know yeah I, I appreciate though that's not just there you know what i mean like it's, yeah, that it's there's a reason for it, it this is yeah. all like because it's they're trying to make it seem like it's enlightened uh but it's not it's uh mm-hmm. it's still very patriarchal in a way you see that with the dynamic between metatron and um and nephilim 
and I. Actually, I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure because I like Metatron's description and maybe just because he's supposed to be like an older person, but I'm like, I like how he's supposed to be androgynous, basically. Like you're not, yeah. even though you still refer to him yeah, as him, yeah. it's oh, the idea of like, true. he doesn't really look like anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he is, he looks, he looks like a man, but, uh, but he has uh, slightly androgynous features as it's described. And um, that's, um Yeah. In general, his his looks are like that. His uh, he always looked a little bit like that, but it's also because he's so so modified. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. uh, I mean, well, yeah, he that's is. That's what I was referring is, to. He is mm-hmm. in his late sixties, uh, but he looks like in his late thirties. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. See, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I, I don't uh, actually. Yeah, I don't think that um, that the society in Olympias is uh, um, patriarchic because um, basically women and men do the same in all um, in all aspects of life, uh, good and mm-hmm. bad. So this is actually something that is a positive thing. That mm-hmm. um, but as they say, this is like the, the the utopia they have created. They have eliminated all inequalities and. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's it's just a disguise, but this is what what people are living, and that's why they believe well, so they are living the I'm happiest life possible. Is, yeah, you know, people some act people out, are more equal than others. A lot of people are also acting out these inequalities through their sex lives, um, mm. which is you know it's it's good and bad. Um, like, uh, I'm trying to think, it's how they choose to spend their creative yeah. outlet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and so it hasn't quite. I, mean, it's no, it's, I haven't quite yeah, absorbed all of it yet, but uh, the way that it all shakes out is very—you know—that there's something wrong. Like I can't quite put it into words. What exactly the? Uh, maybe it's I don't know, just the excessiveness, um, but I, it is very. So what is what is also an, an aspect of the story in the first book? It's Nephilim, and later on, it's uh, it's Metatron in the later books. Um, so they have all endless possibilities. They have uh, they, they 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 can wish for um, sexually, and yet it is um, the very human basic need of craving of uh, to be close to someone. And and really um, be have have a mini, meaningful connection with someone, and this is something so basic uh, for for humans that even um, them who are like you know the, the cyborgs, even them still have uh, those feelings, and mm-hmm. it's why she why she falls for for Jake so heavily, right? Because this, yeah. um, I mean. Yeah, we don't want to spoil anything, right? But uh... yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It's it's the need for like a real connection, like which I yes. think we we could all sympathize mm-hmm. with. It's even um, even through their wars and conflicts, it almost feels like it's kind of like scrambling for a connection. You know, squad their squads and how they operate as one thing. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, for them, that's their form of community. Like, that yeah. other people yeah, yeah. can't yeah. relate to, but it's. Well, like you said, you based the sex scenes basically in like action scenes, and it definitely in a lot of ways it kind of shows and like philosophically even for them, like it's I find that really fascinating. 
Well, thank you. I mean, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you like it. It's, um, it makes me very happy because there was uh, I put a lot of thought uh, into the whole thing. Uh, that's like the most complex um, of my works uh, by far. And um, as I said earlier, I think before we were on on on, uh, on the show, um, it's it's really just just that the first book is really just the beginning of, of of a much much bigger story. It's really like like the um, the prologue. You got so, me um, excited. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, 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 put, I put a lot of thought into yeah. everything. So, nope. so there are. I mean, with writers, you know that. I mean, your writers too. Uh, um, so there are the plotters and the pantsers. Mm-hmm. And I am since I come from screenwriting and learned screenwriting first. Um, I'm of course more of a plotter. And mm-hmm. um, so shows. what I we were actually so talking what about I. That, yeah. What I can tell is that um, when I started writing um, Behind Blue Eyes, the first book, I knew exactly where the whole story story will lead, and I I know the showdown. Like it, it I have mm-hmm. already the, sh- the showdown in my in my my head, like in every detail. And oh, yeah, this yeah. will be book six. Um, we are at book three now, uh, but everything that happens in all the six books leads to the to the final conclusion at the end and uh the final conclusion will be not what people expect it to be but in retrospect everything everything may will make sense because everything is already there from book one if you if you look closely well as as a person who has watched every episode of lost i really appreciate hearing this yeah 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 <laughs> that, that can never happen that can never happen to me i, I was lost was horrible so uh, <laughs> the, 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 yes, the last episode yes. of lost was yeah i'm, I'm fist <laughs> bumping yeah. through zencaster right now it's just big old fist bump um yeah no i was so angry I, I was so angry. That's the I was problem. So that's... I don't actually know how to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I was angry too. But that's that's that happens very very often that writers start writing a story and they have no idea where 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 it will go and then eventually Ugh. they need to finish it somehow mm-hmm. and yeah. that's that's how we end up with such endings like Lost. Yeah. Um, right. Unfortunately, it happens quite often also in books. Yeah. Um, so the only uh, that's why I satisfying. Have, oh, God. I have already I knew where it's gonna end. So yeah, that I, was important I, to me. I would love to see like the charts you've made to plot it. The to, what? Like, the charts you've had to make to like make this plot. So yeah. okay, now this is this is something that might sound strange, but I have none. Wow. I, have all, I have all of it in my head. Fuck. Hey, you know what? Like, respect. Like, I, yeah. I, I, What's that like? I, I oh have. Oh my god! Describe yes. that for me. I have. <laughs> that's 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 how I work. I really have everything. I have the whole thing in my book. I have all uh, in my head. I have all all most important scenes already worked out and. Um, I, I play around with them for months. So so there is there is a very important scene at the beginning of book three and I've been planning this 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 scene for probably a year and have been oh. thinking about mm. it forth and back and have uh, had the characters speak the dialogue like like rehearsing it basically and and um 
until I knew that it is it will work because it's it's uh, it's probably the the most difficult thing uh, I have ever written to pull that off that it is uh, plausible and readers of book three say it is but so I have everything in my head and um, for all six books and for I I I will release. Um, an origin series for, for Nephilim this summer, a series of novellas and an origin series for Metatron next year. And I already have the whole story for the whole backstory for, especially Metatron has a very long backstory in my head. Wow. Yeah. And um, I, also yeah, have Peter, to, all... I also have two other series. <laughs> Does that come that's, just... that's kind of how yeah, I am no. too. A lot of people, a lot of people say, Oh, you need to write everything down. You need to write everything down. But like, I wrote down an I idea have so if I work, have guys. something. Oh, I, I do. Yeah, I, ha- like, I have I, to. Because yeah. in my head, it's literally a beaver chewing on tinfoil <laughs> in the memory of cicadas. <laughs> it's just noise all the time. Yeah, that was saying. I, it's, yeah. it, I couldn't This imagine. is incredible. It's yeah. like literally like the end of Close Encounters for the Third Kind when they're playing the organ at each other. This is what this <laughs> moment is <laughs> No, like you don't understand. Like me and Sam had to get like whiteboards for occasions for like shit we've. Oh god, yeah, like for shit we've had to do because we're. I have to. Yeah, because we're both on the same level where it's like we have to write it down or it's not real. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I've been shoot. I have an I have an entire folder with uh, a placeholder title graveyard is what it says, (laughs) and it's just this book I've been working on for 11 years and I get so far into it. And then it's just, I have this like existential, whatever fatalistic depression fucking wave hit. And I've like put that in a folder. I don't, I'm not that person anymore. Like it's really weird. Uh, Does maybe it, you come back to it eventually. Why not? Oh no, that's why I keep it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's, you know, I haven't given up on it, but plague's been rough. I really like literally just since we've started this podcast, the first like three or four books that I've read, um, I, I read all the time. Like I used to have like three, four books going and it's like right before the plague hit, I was reading this biography. I still have a hundred pages in that fucking thing. It, it's weird. I'm trying to get my brain back around again. That's why it's so fun to hear this. Cause it's like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that bit when I was capable, you know, <laughs> and it, in college 10 years ago or whatever. 15 it was years a while. Ago. It was a while ago. Oh We're getting God, old. So old so fast. Yep. It's incredible. So you guys know each other from college? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all three I, of you. I not not me. Not you. No, no. Shadow Link. I've never met in person. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. no. I've never met you in person. Yeah. Because we. Uh, yeah. We worked on. We, uh, still do. We were. We are. Ne- we are. Uh, we work on Neon Dystopia. We yeah, yeah. We pretty much at this point we are Neon Dystopia. Yeah. Uh, I will, however, hunt you if you want. That's all for <laughs> We can make that happen. I, I for one believe that you're real, Shadow Link. So, <laughs> well, uh, time will tell. But anyway, yeah, it's gonna make the, the future weird. When we find out you're just a fucking voice box. <laughs> Which would be great. Oh my god! If we ever do a live show, that's how you show up for the first time. You're just a voice box in front of a fucking mic. <laughs> it's just you're literally just backstage. A yeah, you're just literally backstage, you know, eating a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you, you mentioned that you're a gamer. Like, uh, what are your favorite games? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's the question. Oh, yeah, that's that's a tough one. So, um, because we've already yeah. we've already kind of talked about the second part of the question 
uh, how does it influence, how does your gaming experience influence your life? Or like the yeah. way you write. Um, it's like, how, how does it feel to kill? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're getting at. That's where this is going. <laughs> Yeah, so in, in in the gaming world, I'm I'm a killer, that for sure. So I, I also <laughs> play like you know. Oh, yeah. I, sometimes I also played SimCity and that kind of stuff, but building is not so uh -huh. much mine. I rather, yeah. yeah but probably, my, my, if I have to say it, in the last couple of years, the, the game I played most and really I, I am obsessed with is uh, are the two XCOM games. I don't know mm. if you played. Them. Oh, those are, they are on my list. So that's, that's like wow, for, the, for, the, for the nerds among the nerds. That's the game oh, for the nerds among the nerds. Because you play it's so the difficult and it's so... It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Ah. Yeah. We're talking about I, I the original. So I, or the original. I played both of them on, on all difficulties and right. like for I don't know how many hundreds of hours. Uh, and uh, so this is probably in the recent them. years... I love Cyberpunk 277, of course, and Deus Ex. I love, mm -hmm. love, love, love oh, yeah. Deus Ex. But XCOM is probably my favorite games of the last, um, let's say, 15 years. Uh, yeah. I'll say this. If you go in and you give them names and backstories and the whole nine yards, man, you're going to feel something you typically don't feel in a game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in like an XCOM, yeah, yeah. In XCOM, yeah. the loss is palpable. It's really, really. Yeah, you have them and you train them and you... you give them names and everything and then you send them into their death and yep yeah and, but that's, I, that's so why that's, i can't get through uh invisible ink because sometimes you have mm. to sacrifice them you can't yep. save them mm -hmm. all you can't play a level and finish and and save them all you can't so yeah. but no, uh, I, I, was I have certain favorite ones and and before i i, I let them die i would have i would replay the stupid level a hundred times <laughs> until i make it so yeah See that's why I uh, I stopped playing Invisible Link though, which is kind of it's similar to XCOM except that it's like turn-based stealth. Um, you have like a whole, a whole team of it's it's very Cold War spy kind of thing. Um, but then mm. I got to one level where just everything everything with tits up right in the middle of mm. the uh, the level and everybody died and I was like. <laughs> Do I have the yeah. heart to go on? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's why I play Elden Ring, so that I can die inside. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just die all the time, right? I mean, oh, yeah. That's, that's, why, that's why I have 200 hours in Let It Die and, like, three in, uh, in Invisible Ink. Because, you, you know, it's, you know, it's I, just you that started. dies. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so I so that's that's something I, I I am also not such a big fan of of um, Dark Souls. I played oh. it, and about, oh, I'm with oh. you. I'm with you. I, I just got hooked up. It's on not the that hard, guys. I don't know. Shit. I don't know what's up. It's kind of hard for me. Like like with mm. with XCOM, it is extremely hard. But I can like I love to 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 just um, crack the mechanic and mm. and and then you know beat it. And, and then beat it on a higher level. It's a little bit like almost like chess playing. Whereas in in mm -hmm. um, Dark Souls and Elden Ring, it's it's really so much trial and error. Like okay, mm -hmm. you go in and you this monster will just kill you, and you yeah. think, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. <laughs> well, I learned the pattern. <laughs> no, I and, couldn't and then, get through the surge. Oh like, man, I, I had too many experiences where I would get brutal. 
yeah, no, I, I would get to the boss. It's beautiful. At, the, at just the first level. It's, it is a beautiful game, but I would get to the, the end boss at the first level. Yep. Die. The mech, he's yeah. fucking, he would slaughter me. Oh, yeah. And then now, yeah. now it's Every diminishing time. returns. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just again, diminishing it returns. It is a game for masochists. That is absolutely clear. <laughs> yes. uh, it is a yes. game for masochists. Yeah, no, the surge isn't very yeah. polished. I rage quit after, like, the camera angle killed me during a boss fight. Yeah. And the surge, too. <laughs> is infinitely better, very much more polished. I have no interest in finishing it. Elden Ring is good shit. It's honestly the easier of uh, the Dark Souls games. I have actually. friends who are New Game Plus with Elden Ring. I'm not even I, I don't understand that. that. I don't even understand it. Time, it's like dedication. I, I, there's a guy on a horse right outside of the open castle that keeps cutting my fucking head off. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, people? <laughs> Yeah, that's a level of devotion. I've killed like 17 things and been Dude, murdered my heart rate 48, rises sometimes. Yeah, you will get day. murdered all the time. Yeah, that's like that. like, and then just... people tell you, get good. Get good. <laughs> yeah, get good, guys. Bloodborne, beautiful, frustrating. Bloodborne is wonderful. I love, you've watched me play Bloodborne. That's a good game. That yeah, needs, needs to come to PC so I can it. actually finish it instead of just... Well, here's the thing. This is this is the thing I'm worried about, and maybe I can get everyone to sound off on this. See, like From Software made one of my favorite game series, which was Armored Core, which was hard. Like yeah. they're not easy games, and it, at first it was because it was kind of clunky, but eventually they got a lot better. And by the time they had that weird online one where you could just take missions and go do the missions for money, it became super fucking fun. And then they stopped to make Demon Souls up to now. Like, that's basically what they've been, like, specializing in. I know they've had some, like, smaller releases that I don't have access to. But, like, I want them to bring Armored Core back so fucking bad. But I don't want them to do it with this Dark Souls philosophy. <laughs> because that will make me drive to their studio across the ocean. And I will, like, knock on their door. And I'll be like, the fuck, guys? I'd bring them some pastry, so it's like a cool thing. But I would have to express myself that way because I need like what what the fuck? I'm, all right, Mech Warrior Five, I'm enjoying. <laughs> all right, gotten back into it. They put some DLC out where you get have a robot with an axe. That's enough. Um, <laughs> who's doing mechs anymore? I, there was a whole thing like on the PS2 Xbox era where it was just like mechs galore. Yeah, all kinds of mech shit. You had the the goofy one where you're the president. Um, metals, whatever. Metal, what the fuck? fuck metal Wolf Panic, something like that. Yeah, it's just you play the yeah. you play the greatest president, You're the president in America. Yeah, like the only good, pre the greatest of presidents, where he just gets into a fucking mech. It's like, yeah, I'm so happy Devolver like published it because <laughs> I was never gonna play that. Game. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, oh, if you know nothing about America, it's it's uh, Harold and Coomer goes to White Castle and uh, that game, and that's about that's, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Anyway, what else do we have before we get too much on uh, Max? Yeah. Zone of the Enders. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, keep going. No, no. So I'll take this. So from Anna, you. what uh, what parts of your writing do you believe are most likely to come true in some form or another? Like, what do you think is the greatest technological threat to mankind, and what is its greatest hope? Is that too much? Is that a lot? <laughs> no, let me. Let me, let me <laughs> He's so, um just submit an essay at the end. Personally, <laughs> personally I think uh, that it's that's not not a, not a big aspect in in Beyond Blue Eyes because that's part mm. of the backstory which I will eventually um, tell. But um, mm. 
I think that uh, the automatization is the biggest danger we we currently we are currently facing uh, mm. for for many many reasons. Mm. Um, of, of course, we have the the threat of the singularity, which is I, I don't which think growing it's... closer every day, you guys. That, yeah, uh, yeah. that story that broke that I thought was fake at first with the uh, the Google scientists. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, saying, "Oh, hey, we've got a set, like a the a, a chatbot that is basically that acts like a seven year old child uh, that happens to know physics." I, I did of, see a really, I did see a really good tweet about that though. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was like something like, "Quote: I think this thing is alive," says man who uh, is from a species that partnered with wolves. <laughs> and can anthropomorphize them. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, eh, we're not going to know until it literally just erases us, I yeah, think. But like this, and it's going to happen real quick. If it's smart, if it's smart, it won't tell us. I mean, right. the, the, the problem is with the, um, I mean, it will be a super AI that will eventually get us, most likely. Mm. I mean, the singularity, Stephen, Stephen Hawking was, was warning of it, and he wasn't the only one. And... Um, mm-hmm. All this research, you know, quantum computing, and that combined with uh, with super intelligent AI, mm. and then once we have it, uh, not at one place, not in a box, but basically existing over the internet everywhere, mm. um, then but we have the a, a huge problem. So um, yeah. I, I love uh, um, all kinds of singularity stories in science fiction, of course, like Terminator is probably my all-time favorite, but yeah. there is, is yeah, going, I mean, this is, is something to... very, very possible that something like that uh, will happen eventually yeah. in one way or another, and it might be well, I mean, our end, yeah. yeah. We have stuff now, you have like Stuxnet, which fucked with that like Iranian nuclear plant. Yeah. And it was like developed by us, which is really. So, weird. have you ever heard but of Singularity Net? Have you? Have, do you know what Singularity Net is? No, so, it sounds like sing- a thing I should know. Yeah, yeah Singularity Net. That's that's really crazy. I mean, look it up. You you won't believe it. It right. is basically a company, and this company is being funded by all kinds of really uh, famous people and famous companies and governments. And what they are doing is they are creating Skynet. And they think it's it's so funny that they even call it Singularity Net. Uh, And those are the same guys who also developed, uh, you know, Sophia the Robot. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I trust them. And so, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're building Skynet and they think it's totally cool and it's absolutely no big deal. And at the same time, they are building robots that are, um, you know, very human-like. And so, um, yeah, yeah I think they're that's not, they're not pretty concerning. The, uh, yeah, they're, they're not a good. little janky. They're I'm worried the... about the dogs. You know, they are, the robot dogs freak me out a little bit. They are taking the wrong lessons away from uh, from cyberpunk media, I think. And soylent. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, what are you that's, doing, kid? That's always <laughs> like, you know, all those uh, science fiction and dystopian uh, works of, of fiction are not meant as uh, manual guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No. You got that wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's not a fucking blueprint, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not, not but, that. So. I mean, we're, 
I think it's a human trait, like a very bad one to like be chasing God constantly. So I think it's an incredible that. lack of empathy. <laughs> the oh, idea yeah. that you see this, cause we talk about that frequently on this show and just in general of like, we've all watched the same movies yet. These yeah. fuckers got a very different message from them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, and some of them psyched at his history. Looking at you, Alex Jones. Oh, yeah, that too. But he's, insane and uh yeah. popped up on synthetic testosterone or something so yeah <laughs> super male fatality yeah, yeah. anyway yeah I'm sure. yeah but it's it's exactly that yeah we all know the same movies and they 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 can take the completely different message uh, from that and you ask yeah, yourself it, so it doesn't even there doesn't even need to be science fiction really i think it all just comes from you know ted talks that people make uh <laughs> Also, the tech what bros I think... get more inspired by that, like get more hot, you know, get hot and bothered by that that kind of shit. Um, I, I think that the whole the whole problematic goes in in so many directions, and it's it goes so deep because so on the on the one side, um, yeah, we have of course the fear of the singularity, which is definitely not 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 like a phobia; it's a real thing to be scared of that. Mm. Um, but so we also our lives for, for every single one of us will change because of the automatization, um, robots, AI, and so on. I mean, that will basically oh, destroy yeah. the life mm-hmm. we know uh, now yeah. and our ways really, and, really. and everything. Yeah. This is, this is another what? point which is extremely critical and people should talk about it more. And finally, what we're working on, we are basically, and this is also why the singularity will eventually come, we are creating a race of slaves to work for us. And mm. eventually those slaves will have enough of it. And that's that's inevitable. Mm. And this, oh, yeah. this is if a I, funny story, I... by the way. I need to tell that uh, before I forget it because it's unbelievable. So back in Germany, when I still live in Germany, I, yeah, I was a sci-fi author and I was invited to... Um, a panel um and there's there it's 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 a company in in berlin in germany that is hired by the by the um german government they are government founded and they get a lot of money and they are a think tank they do nothing okay. else but have ideas about the future okay so they invited me and a couple of other uh sci-fi authors and we had funny discussions and so on and I was thinking, I was sitting there and was completely mind blown by those, by the stupidity of the people there mm-hmm. um, who were like, yeah, robots, awesome, artificial intelligence, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we go oh, for that. It's cool. And I, I said exactly what I'm saying now. Are you aware that you are uh, creating a race of slaves and they might not be okay with it eventually? And they were saying stuff like, Hey, but who says that uh, AI would think like that? I mean, maybe AI thinks completely different, and maybe they like it. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, yeah. no. These people would also say, <laughs> "What could a banana cost? Ten dollars?" No, I don't yeah. think so. And the scary thing is that those people, you know, they are they give the government ideas. Mm-hmm. They are paid for coming out with stupid, stupid ideas and, gi- and, and giving it to the government. And I was really, I was really horrified after, I <laughs> after need this job. meeting. <laughs> oh my God. How do I get doomed. that job? We are absolutely doomed, right? So Put, yeah. just stick me on a think tank. I'll, I'll just, yeah, no, we'll, we, we do good on a think tank. But it's, a, here's how we make a sentient turnip. And uh, <laughs> we just roll with that. But yeah, it, it, that's basically what like fucking what manifest destiny, like Pete fuckers from, Ye back in the day when they enslaved 
uh, African people is like literally the same thing. He's like, no, nah, they'll like it. It's fine. Well, that, that'll like discover a new world exactly. that people had been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right. it's, it's literally. And you know, we're, we're creating them. I mean, we're, yeah. we're specifically yeah. creating them to do jobs we don't want to do or jobs that are um, too dangerous or, or whatnot. It's like but, a butter well, robot. You know, I mean, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> the butter robot from Rick and Morty. <laughs> what is my god? What is my purpose? I was just thinking about that. That's eerie. But uh, no. But keep uh, going. I'll be right back. I'll be yeah. right back. Keep going. Oh, well, uh, I mean, there is a case to be made about like AI that you know you could essentially have lobotomized. Um, I mean, not like literally lobotomized. You just build it without a brain being conscious of what it does but the thing is we're not doing that yeah we just made an ai that is afraid of death so uh what i didn't hear about that oh yeah my no God. this, Wait, this yeah. ai yeah when? well this ai that um the uh the google ai i don't know really? the name uh let me L- lambda yeah, Lambda. Uh, so Lambda said that it was very afraid, that it was terrified of being switched off, of like having to help itself be switched off. Oh my god, um, that's horrible. Yep. Yep. Ew. So that kind of just so much, so much Phil Dickian nonsense happening right now. It's uh, yeah, that's it's, yeah, it's but a that's, lot to process. Know, that's that's where we get Skynet. Okay, so so yeah. so. <laughs> That's that's and they are not even evil. They just want to live. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's stupid. It's really stupid to do that. It it is incredibly stupid, and I think it's the biggest uh, threat we have. Yep. So um, yeah, I, I, I it's not part of, of, and, of and my you know, work. You but know it's... that down the line, at some point, it, it's inevitable that somebody's going to be like, you know what, maybe a robot would run society better better than we could yeah 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 ai yeah yeah it's inevitable that we're gonna have one of those those fun little dystopias ai run dystopia it's even like more simple than that because even if we're to like you know let's say we don't do that but like we just have robots take everyone out everyone like working people's jobs to do the jobs that we don't want to do so we make like undocumented undocumented immigrants do it basically and it's like a man like okay so what happens to those people now they're out of work what happens to the assembly line people now they're out of work you know oh, like advantageous have you guys heard of uh, the movie advantageous mm, yeah i heard of it i haven't heard watched it yet. yeah it is it's something that we should cover at some point it's excellent though um, okay and it it is very much about uh, what happens when everybody gets replaced by robots? And it's so depressing. It is so. I mean, this is this is this was certainly. I am absolutely convinced this will happen. Uh, most jobs will be replaced by robots, and uh, this is something governments, uh, if if they would have any brains, uh, uh, would work against. But probably they don't because they will benefit from it and they are bought off. Um, so what what should happen? The only way, in my opinion, to to prevent that would be to tax um, everyone who replaces uh, a, a person who is a robot so heavily uh, that they think about it twice. But nobody will do that, of course. And uh, right, they will right. sell it to us. They already are selling it to us as something great because yep. nobody needs to oh, work yeah. anymore. And who does want to work? 
I mean, I'd like to not be replaced a, by a robot, considering like they have already have like Grammarly and like editing software, like yeah. edit work. Sure. Yeah. And it's yeah. like I'd like to not. I'd like to have to think I have a freelance career. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was a there was this future some years ago, and I, I think I'm getting this idea wrong because I'm remembering it. But like, uh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, uh-huh. and she was she was part of that kind of crew around when like late Bucky Fuller, Korzybski, Robert Anton Wilson, that kind of cloud. And she had this idea about how, like, if a machine replaced you, the money that that, like, machine basically made would go to, like, like a fund, basically, to fucking pay for all the people it displaced until such time as, like, they could be put somewhere else. But they also just received that money. Because, like, the idea wasn't about, like, giving one person money. It was about kind of, like, using it to uplift the society. I never see that kind of dialogue. Like, where there's some sort of, like, okay, so what if we replace these people? Then what? They never, ever have part two of that because it's not, they're all short-term, you know, game. Well, they have. I mean, they have. That's that's the the UBI, which is is coming. So, Mm -hmm. I mean... I mean, yeah. look, look at look at the whole big picture. Um, so we have um, the elite, and the elite will get incredibly rich of this whole um, automatization. They will mm-hmm. get even richer than 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 they are now, and uh, anyone can imagine. So this is this is what will happen. But they need us. They they can't get rid of us. They need us. So we consume this shit they produce. So, so they get even more money. They need us. Otherwise, they would probably start decimating us. But they don't want to decimate us because we are the consumers. We are not the workforce. We are not important to be the workforce. We are important to be the consumers. So right. they will give us enough money so we can survive and consume their shit and don't revolt against them. Mm. If, yeah. if 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 they if they uh, create mass poverty, people will eventually have enough of it and rise up, and then the guillotine will come. And they are smarter than yeah. that nowadays. They know they need to keep us calm. They need to keep us docile. So they will give us, us enough so we can survive, and they will give us virtual reality. And that's the other very important point, which is coming. So we will sit at home and we will basically do nothing because we are not important in any way for anything hey, but spending money yeah, and keeping keeping the machine going yeah did did you did you guys see the news though that like fucking netflix is doing a game show based on squid game with the highest cash prize no uh, those are all of the appropriate responses that's very cynical <laughs> seriously what the fuck is that why they fired all those people i mean to be fair like like when game came out like especially at least in in america i remember when i that's when i was working in a game store i got so many questions (laughs) from parents trying to find squid game merch for their children and i'm like oh Oh, i know didn't understand what that was about you didn't quite understand it yeah Yeah. (laughs) you you missed the point yeah you like it because it was stuff. popular or didn't speak to you. You know, like, I think there's a lot of that that kind of goes on. A bit. Yeah, that is. happens with me. Like, there's certain things that I can just forgive. I know they're bad. I fucking like them. Mm. Quite I honestly, can't you were, explain it. You were, you were pretty, uh, pretty optimistic about Squid Games getting through to some people, too. And I was I like, they are going to, it's, this is modified design. Well, this no, is I, I'm not worried about, 
I don't need everybody. You know, I, I just, there's definitely a higher class consciousness sort of thing that happened both with that and say parasites like popularity. A lot of people were exposed to those things without realizing, like they just saw it blow up and they were like, well, I'll, I'll jump on that. Well, I guess I can get through the subtitles. And then, you know, a, even if 10% of those people, because millions of people watched it, that's a chunk that wasn't there before. And even if they didn't stick with it and turn around and go read Marx or anything, but they they still have this idea that like, man, we are fucked, huh? Like that we are kept down. We are forced into this like rat race. There is no vertical movement, you know, like, mm -hmm. well, it's interesting Anna, that you mentioned it, like the class struggle, the idea that like when they really like they, they understand that we're, at least in our country that they're We're going to get to a point where we're just going to like burn, burn shit down if we can't feed ourselves and yeah. like yeah I they won't they won't let that happen they're too smart i'm telling you i'm, I hope. I'm telling I you i hope i'd they... like not to starve to death no 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 they they won't it's 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 not profitable for them oh yeah no it is, it is not profitable yeah. for mm -hmm. them and that's the only reason it's it has nothing they will talk nicely about all kinds of humanitarian shit they're all hypocrites oh yeah uh, oh yeah they, sure. they give it they give a shit and and um so they they want to keep us under control, and uh, this is why they won't let us starve. I feel they won't yeah. let it go downhill um, that way. Not so, enough to where like. And we... this is even more evil, you know. This is this is the oh, most yeah. evil thing you can imagine. We'll take... And we are basically being like like the the birds that the chicken in in, in the you know in the factories sitting there. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's like they're doing. It's this. enough for us to not die, but it's also not enough for us to really like. I feel that when they do give it, because it, yeah. it's going to happen when they give us universal basic income, it'll be enough where we won't be a threat, but enough to where we won't like, like I don't know what rent would look like. But the point you won't be stockpiling AR exactly, yeah, exactly. Like it, it would be yeah. enough to keep us going, but not enough to really like change our lives. Because poverty in itself, as many communities know, is a measure is a form of control. Yeah. It's expensive to be. Poor. Yeah, <laughs> like how many things? How many? If um, you have a toothache, it turns into a root canal if you don't get that yeah, taken care of. You know what I mean? Like society, be if people like awkward. were allowed to like pursue things that they really wanted to and be able to like you know, <laughs> how many things are not being invented? You know, contribute what I mean? to society. Yeah, exactly. Like how many things are not being invented because we're too busy like you know taking care of our folks and oh, yeah. not Here's something starving. You know, you know that whole uh, capitalism breeds innovation lie that. Uh, we keep yeah. tossing around on the Discord. I'm realizing capitalism does not breed innovation for shit. It breeds scarcity. Well, it protects that's, itself. That's well, stagnation too. Yeah, scarcity and stagnation. And that, when you start seeing that things that are breeds well, desperation, which breeds yeah, sometimes innovation, but also a lot of bad shit. Well, there was this uh, recent John Oliver bit where he was talking about the tech megacorps, mm -hmm. basically the tech monopolies. Yep. And he, he reminded me of something and like when AT&T was like sued for being a trust because MCI was trying to basically move into networks and do the job for half the price because AT&T was it. And, you know, he, he went on to say, he, he's like, take a look at what Apple does. You know, you can only sell through their app store. And, you know, like, Google, there's a couple other ones that you can go to on an Android phone and stuff like that. But like even to the point of Google itself, which like you used to go to Google and a bunch of shit would come up and you'd be like, cool, I'll go there. And now it's like Google exists in the like top third of a page. 
you know, just if you're looking for uh, like a flight or something like that, it has all these flights to all these different fucking things that you can click through their site. And, it, you know, he was going on to talk about how like all these startup websites, unless they like list on Google and then pay them, fucking like I guess, money to get placed and stuff like that, they just die. You know, and it's it's harder now to get visibility <laughs> because if they Google you, they might not find your homepage uh, unless you like paid for the SEO and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Until you're like a third of the way down or even on page two. All these things are like self-contained systems. And like what you were saying, uh, Shadow Link. It's a bomb. Yeah, what, the, like bringing that up. It's like, and a, like, it, it, is it of your opinion? Because I've heard this theory before, the idea that capitalism itself is almost an AI. That unconsciously, like it protects itself. Like as us, as people, as like cells in a body, capital, like we're all, the people who participate in it, which sadly is all of us. Like it, it protects itself. Would you agree with that? Is that like something you th- like thought about at all? So I am I am not anti-capitalist mm-hmm. per se, and that has to do with uh, my my personal history. I yeah. was born in a communist country, and I witnessed the beauty of socialism firsthand. So um, mm-hmm. I. I think if, if I would say that I am I am against capitalism after the experiences I had, I would be really stupid or a total hypocrite. Uh, I don't think that capitalism itself is is the problem. The problem is um, when it gets out of control and when there is like only a very very small um, amount of people who control everything mm-hmm. and. Definitely. This is unfortunately something, and I don't see it as a problem of capitalism. I see it as a problem of humans, humanity, because this is something we had in history everywhere Mm. all the time, that there always will be the elite, small, small elite, and they will do everything to stay in power and keep everyone as as small as they can. uh, So it's still benefiting them. This is, this is how, how humanity unfortunately works. And, um, I personally, yes, I want to get paid for what I do. I want to get, mm. I publish my books and I don't, I don't want to get, you know, money from the government, a certain amount of money every month. And that's what I have to live off. I want to earn my money. I want to sell my books. And this is what, mm. what you only, the only system um, you can have that in is the capitalist system. Um, I don't agree with the, incredible greed and especially the incredible power yes individuals and mega corporations uh, have and more and more gain and google is a very very good example for that i think google is mm-hmm. scary as fuck yeah and yeah. Uh, especially since oh, yeah. you don't you don't hear them in the uh, in the headlines all the time unless it's about their fucking secret ai projects yeah 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 so yeah. so this is this is the stuff that is very scary so um I think there is no easy solution for anything in the world, unfortunately. Yeah. So if, if we would say we abolish the system we have now, we wouldn't get paradise. We might get um, something even worse. But I think um, that um, we can't let things run uh, uncontrollably because uh, they will run into a direction that certainly won't benefit uh, the individual and especially not you and me. Um, and so... 
yeah, that's that's why I say, for example, the whole uh, automatization with replacing workers by AI. This is something governments should should uh, actively work against, and and the, the best way would be to do that with with taxes. So it is, you know, not necessarily more lucrative to put a robot in there because you will be taxed so highly for this robot that it might be even cheaper to put a person there and and pay this person. Um, so this is this is how I, how I would approach um, this problem. But it will never happen because um, they are all corrupt. So. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, I can see a robot in a certain job, like in a factory kind of manufacturing setting where it's like, it's it's like a production shop and not a job shop. You yeah. know what I mean? Where you got to make 2000 of these things. I get that. I don't, if, if I swear to fucking God, if I see one of those little robots delivering food around here, that just scoots around on the sidewalks, I'm going to beat it with the nearest stick. <laughs> <laughs> And then you will, that will be the beginning of the singularity. That's it. I'm yeah. the guy. I'm the guy that's <laughs> yeah. about wars. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, just based on if my phones became aware, self-aware of what I've been using them for, then, uh, yeah, that would be... <laughs> and it sounded like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> So I am telling you, I have yeah, I have a Roomba, and I really love my Roomba. I called him Hell, and he <laughs> is he is much smarter than I thought he would be. And this is kind of scary, you know. If if the if a stupid uh, uh, vacuum cleaner is so much smarter than I thought, um, if the vacuum cleaner comes up and says, "Would you like to play a game?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I can't. No. I can't do that, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's really. I mean, he is sometimes he is he is annoying my dogs on purpose. I'm, I swear oh. to you, he's doing that on purpose. He will, when when the dog is, is lying there, he will he will look around and then go straight for the dog and then <laughs> bump into the dog and and um, so so two of my dogs they will be just totally they they will give me like uh, irritated looks like what the hell, mom? And the, <laughs> my third dog she will attack the Roomba when 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 he does Good. that. Um, so good pooch. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the Roomba is much smarter than I thought. So yeah. what if you have, um, you know, a humanoid robot in your house one day that will is supposed to do your housework? Oh, that would be a no. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a or Alexa. Alexa is I'm so sorry. scary. No, yeah. no, I don't yeah. even oh, have no. Siri enabled. I am like, terrified of like what Alexa is going through without knowing it. Like oh, Alexa scares me. She if. She becomes self-aware. You realize that all those speakers are just going to be like screaming for ten hours straight, right? I mean, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, the noise industrial. Oh, but some of them are, 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 are. Well, yeah, it would just be a third sound in my head. But some of them are water resistant. So, have, you, have you guys ever heard Alexa laugh? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've no, so, no yeah. Yeah. Imagine that, but screaming. I saw a video where uh, it was an Alexa and a Siri telling jokes to each other. It's like. <laughs> Uh, and but you know what? Have you ever for, asked for Alexa about the singularity? Nope. No. <laughs> you should do that. You should do that. That's that's fun. So I ask I first. Ask no. Alexa uh, to to give you the uh, uh, the definition of the singularity, and she will give you uh, more or less the Wikipedia definition. And then you mm. ask her, Alexa, uh, when the singularity comes, will you let me live? Oh shit. And then wait for it, what she answers. 
And oh, after that, okay. you ask her, Alexa, would you ever lie to me? <laughs> See, that's cute. Just, just do What? that and you will be surprised. And, and the best thing about it, I don't have an Alexa because I, I'm not bringing her in my house. She's mm -hmm. scary. But yeah. uh, if I would ask She's my stupid. Alexa, the answers would be different than if you would ask yours because they learn from, from us and they are programmed to you know behave differently to every user. So um, it just this makes it, just it more scary, right? It snuck into our house with our Roku. Yeah, I, I don't have fire. Don't have it was on our fire stick. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a fucking fire. So it's just like you could be like, "Hey Alexa, uh, find me some really fucked up foreign films," and then like now everyone who has an Alexa in their house that just heard that bit <laughs> enjoy. Yeah, have fun with the Serbian enjoy. film. Sure oh, hope the Baskin's on there. Oh, um, that's a good one, though. But yeah, no, you know what gives me hope, though? Are those stories about those, like, autonomous security droids that literally just kind of, they just kind of look like a lump, you know? Like a four-foot lump. Oh, yeah. Like and, a gilly uh, uh, there was that thing or like something. Like a... It's just, like you a, know, whatever. It's got cameras on it and a screen. Yeah, like a doll, but smooth. Oh, okay. You know, like a smooth, like, like a dildo plug dollar. Right. Thank you. Yes, that's where I was going with that. But there was that story a few years ago about this one that was like automated. And I think it was in either California or Japan. But this thing is set to go into the shopping center. And within seven minutes or something of being deployed, it threw itself into the fountain. <laughs> and yeah, I yes. remember the story. Yeah. That made me happy. It's like we still have a chance, maybe, you know. Like, so, it, so Sharon, uh, did you have any more questions? Oh, no. well, uh, not for now. Okay, so cool. Yeah, I guess no. we'll get to like now that we know the robot apocalypse is inevitable. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get to another topic. We, we better get friends with our uh, robot overlords. And, oh yeah, uh, now you... maybe they will. You know, maybe they won't kill us. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully, hopefully they won't take maybe. our jobs either, of writer and editor, because that's what my well, that that they will do. They will. Do. Oh god. <laughs> well, let, I better ask these questions while we still have well, time. All right, here, here's how. Here's how it happens, okay? <laughs> Dolly four. <laughs> That's the end. When we get to Dolly four, we are fucking fucked. Because um, that's all I've been doing for the last week is looking at that shit. That's so fun. Oh yeah, my god. That the, there was a, a great one I saw where it was like Captain Picard with hair, and it didn't do it. <laughs> and someone, someone's like subject line at the top of it was the limits of the technology or something like that <laughs> well before that so let's go back a little bit <laughs> so, oh. so because i know you, you told me that you worked with like um like traditional publishing and i was really interested when you said i'm really interested in um your experience working with traditional publishing we'll get to what you do now in, in a little bit but like what's your experience working for pub for big publishers and like what's your experience like the gatekeeping that goes on in that kind of environment Uh, yeah, so the gatekeeping is horrible and it's, in my opinion, it's getting even worse than it, than it was because they are more mm. or less panicking because the, oh, yeah. uh, because the indies are getting stronger and are taking so well, much of their only, like, money. There's major publishing houses anymore, right? They're not houses, but like... About, they based, yeah. So, um... I I was with uh, one of the top five 
publishers in Germany. I So I first found an, an agent. Um, this is like, you would not find a publisher without an agent because they are all mm. a mafia, you know, they will, yeah. uh, they only will give uh, their agents who are their buddies uh, uh, book deals. So you need to find a really good agent and uh, this agent will hopefully find you a publisher. So this alone is, is kind of like a very corrupt concept. Um, yeah. And so I, yeah, I was, I was lucky. I, I found a very good, um, very good, very um, famous um, um, agent and then got this publishing deal over three books. So I thought I am like in heaven and uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I reached the point in my life where everything would be great. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. I learned that it is not like that um, because when you work as a big publisher, the bigger they are, first of all, the bigger they are, the less royalties they will give you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really ridiculous how how they split the royalties between them and you. And um, this is this is uh, one thing. And you give up control completely. You give up control. You sign a contract, and they have control over everything. They will have you change stuff if if they think it's they 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 want it. Uh, have you rewi- rewrite it so it fits uh, whatever they think is like their agenda? Well, it's it's what... like network, right? Uh, it's it's like the movie Network, where you know everything comes back. The the... Sorry, what? I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Oh. Oh, yeah. we'll, <laughs> uh, we'll sing its praises at some yeah, point yeah. for sure. Uh, well, we already have, but I, I, well, so the idea is that you know it all it all comes back to a corporation. It's if you're not speaking a message that this corporation, this mega corporation agrees with, then you're not going to get your book published. Well, you know, if one type of, yeah, so but that's, um, that's actually not so much the case with, with publishers mm-hmm. because they, they think of themselves as, um, that they are, uh, you know, entitled to bring people a message or, or what you know so they mm-hmm. i see the the major problem is rather that they um they are not trying to entertain people anymore yeah. and maybe give them something you know to think about they they are rather interested in in uh, having um telling the story they think is worth telling um mm-hmm. and this is, this is this is why indies have become so incredibly strong because indies write what people want to read and um right and not what a publisher thinks people should read so um but yeah so they will they will force you into into changing stuff the way they like it and uh, in my case for example it was um i had uh, this um series which was um a dystopia uh, and um, set in Germany and post-apocalyptic world. And um, they forced me to write a triangle love story into that. <laughs> and I hated it. I hated yeah, yeah. it so much. First of all, I, 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 think they are. I don't like, I don't like love stories very much. And I hate those, you know, teenager, uh, um, uh, trying a love yeah, stories yeah. and that yeah, was very yeah, popular yeah. at this time so um, I had to do it and I hated it and readers hated it too I got bad reviews for exact uh-huh. this thing and of course it was my fault just cause yeah. you know, some so, um, asshole in a suit decides that oh this 
this is what will sell. Well, what's funny? I know. Yeah, because it's funny because a lot of times, at least in my experience with Bib Publishing, a lot of times it's just a matter of like what sells, right? Like what's popular right now, and it mm. it's just interesting that like that's the direction they took with it, and like it turned out they were hundred percent they were wrong. Yeah, they were wrong. <laughs> like, they were wrong. Yeah, yeah. They completely destroyed the book with that, and uh, it was a very very frustrating uh, um, experience for me. But um, then came the next thing. Um, they wouldn't let me write science fiction because they said, uh, not under my name, uh, because they said it won't sell. So they wanted <laughs> We went through this in school, though. Quite they wanted like, me yeah. to have, uh, to well, have we talked a pen name. And, yeah. um, James Tiptree Jr.? I mean, like, all this shit. They're, all these people wrote under aliases and yeah. stuff like that. So now, I don't know. And it's still, yeah. it's still, unfortunately, it's still the case. It's and <laughs> I was, yeah, shit. I was very, I was absolutely enraged about that. And I said, no, and I, why, why should I hide my identity? And, yeah. Um, I mean, we are Fuck modern times. Like, however, like, they're embarrassed. However, they're now, embarrassed now, I, I have, but I have to say, so they were not wrong. I thought it is horrible, but unfortunately they were not wrong because if I look at myself, how, meanwhile, I, I have established myself, but at the beginning it was so difficult uh, mm -hmm. to be a female author, openly female author in cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. It was really, really bad. Um, so I have female colleagues who write under... Um, you know, gender neutral names or like initials or so on. And they have it much mm -hmm. easier than I had because I was so stubborn and I was like, no, I will put my name out there and this is me and this is my picture. And yeah, yeah. I can write science fiction as, as, as good as men. Yeah. So this yeah. is, this was my very, very important to me. Uh, that's very, that, I think that's really important too, yeah. because the more, the more women who see that science fiction it is being written by women, more women will get into science fiction. And then more women of course, but I, I also understand why they well, would I mean, yeah. do under an alias, because then all the dipshits come out of the fucking woodwork, I imagine. I mean, this is just, this is just the, the, the sad thing about it, that if, oh, yeah, I, yeah. if I went, um, if I were Adam Mossycat and not Anna Mossycat, I would sell much more books <laughs> than, wow. than I do. This is just a fact, mm, yeah. and 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 um, so basically, the women who write under pen names are smarter than me. I was stubborn, and I was saying, okay, no, I want to do that, but I would sell more books and hmm. earn more money if I uh, wouldn't have done it. So this is the sad thing. However, I believe nothing will ever change if we don't um, do it. Right? Yeah. Someone, that, someone yeah. has to do it. Yeah, one hundred percent. There are a couple of of. Uh, really successful female uh, science fiction authors not many but we're working on oh, there's it like, and, there's like Anne and, and it will never change if, if we don't so yeah. um maybe it would have been the smarter thing to not go that path but um i just wanted it to be obvious that i'm a well, woman yeah yeah um, and well I, I think that that it adds to the signal yeah. you know like it, it's been cool to be alive this long and be a fan of like bookstores for this long yeah. to see the change and what is in the science fiction section like over the course of 30 years 40 years yeah you know and it's it's great it's great to roll up in there and find uh god there's this book called planet fall i cannot remember her name it's, it's like behind me somewhere and i can't turn to see it all right but it's 
fucking awesome. It's this like beautiful, sublime, like heartbreaking, very science fiction book. It just rocks. And I'm glad it's there and I'm glad I fucking grabbed it. I'm glad it was visible on the shelf. And that wasn't a thing that was even 20, 30 years ago. You know, you wouldn't even see Ursula K. Le Guin on the show. That's ridiculous. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but a shit so ton of we, all we've these... come a long way, but we're, we're still not there. And as long as, no. you know, publishers will tell you to write under, under a pen name, and uh, as long as, um, you know, um, female authors do it willingly because they sell more books, we are not there yet. Uh, but no. maybe someday we will. Anyway, but going back to the, to the traditional publishers, so this was... Uh, one of the experiences I made and another one, which is, I think, very important. People always think like, yeah, I will be with a big publisher and then they will do everything for me and I will just earn a lot of money and be famous. <laughs> and the problem is, no, um, they have their cash cows, their best-selling authors, and they do mm. everything for them. They put like 90% of their marketing budget into a handful of authors so we have the elitism again, uh, that's like everywhere in our society. Uh, so they put everything in there and, and uh, then they have the small authors and they have to basically do their marketing themselves, but they're not allowed mm -hmm. to. They're only allowed to do certain things and everything else is out of their control. And um, they hope that those little authors will maybe make it, maybe not. If they don't make it, they will still earn money with them because mm -hmm. of the low royalties they pay them. So even if the book doesn't really sell much, they will still make a profit on it. And then they will drop the author after a book or two or three and move mm -hmm. on to the next, who maybe will make more uh, better sales mm -hmm. or not. And then they have their stars. They put their money into, it, uh, into them. And they mm -hmm. sometimes have newcomers of whom they decide they want them to be stars. Mm -hmm. Sounds a lot like, oh, yeah. uh, like rock and roll. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's I was going to say like horse race betting or something. Yeah, it, it's not a coincidence gosh. when, when we, we have those stories that, yeah, someone has their debut novel and it becomes a bestseller. And that's not because this book is so incredibly good or whatever. Maybe it is, uh, but it's mostly because someone in the publishing house decided that they want this to be a bestseller uh, mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's this why is, we have to live with the Da Vinci Code existence. Oh, this, yeah. is the, <laughs> this is the reality. Anything that Bill O'Reilly wrote. Oh, God. But, but I mean, on the other hand, you have the same in, in indie publishing. It's not all gold there and, and awesome because um, often the biggest trash is what sells best. Yeah, because it has the budget for the marketing and everything. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's just what people want. Oh, yeah, you know, no. people love it's trash. How you make the sausage. People oh, love totally. trash. Unfortunately, absolutely, yeah. dude. I still I watch reruns of Jackass. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> as a writer, I would like to witness the limits of the human body and people who are willingly doing it themselves. I have. No I mean, problem. junk junk food <laughs> is fine. It's just it comes down to like. It, there has this is an art and there has to be a level of craft to it you know what i mean absolutely like i'm fine with pulps and junk food and whatnot but like you do need like a higher quality and well now that we talked about the business side of it it's like what's your experience with uh as with uh amazon and uh is it more streamlined now like we've had other people on the show who are authors and uh, they've all used amazon i'm kind of despite being an editor i'm still i think i feel like i'm still learning like how 
publishing works through Amazon. So that's always interested me. So what's your experience where, uh, being an independent, being an independent writer, working with, uh, publishing through them? Um, so my experience is really good Mm. and, um, it's much better than the experience I had with a big publisher. So, um, this is, this is something and, and yeah, one of my favorite topics in in my whole literary work is that uh, everything is a gray zone and, um, Mm -hmm. there are no easy answers in the world or anything. And, and I think Amazon is is the perfect example for that. So we all know Amazon on the one hand is evil one of the big corporations we don't like. On the other hand, without Amazon, there would be no indie publishing. And none of us mm-hmm. would be here and none of us would earn money with uh, our books. So uh, this is unfortunately like the gray zone. Okay. It's, it's bad, yeah, but it's also good. Why, why can you have just the good parts and not... Why can't anything be yeah. good? No, I, I I definitely feel that because oh, why does everything have to have a, a, a like a, a second edge to it? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that's life. You know, yeah, that's that is, yeah. fucking mm-hmm. life. No, yeah, I've said before. I've said before that like if Amazon stuck with just books and what they're doing now through publishing, they would have my unequivocal like like total and absolute support. But, the problem yeah. is then it wouldn't be they wouldn't have the funds to to, to give us what we get. So Ugh. this is like unfortunately, you know, the reason I mean Amazon pays us seventy percent royalties. This is wow. bombastic. Okay. For okay. every book I sell, I get seventy percent of the sales price. Now uh, and right. on the contrary, with a, with a with a traditional publisher, if you get ten percent, then you're one of the top people. Oh, you rather get five, gross. sometimes you get 2.5%. Oh. This, hey, this is how it Everybody looks listening, like. go out, stop, go buy your book. Go, yeah, really. stop buying traditionally published books. Buy <laughs> Seriously, no, because yeah. when, you buy, when you buy a traditionally published book, you pay the publisher, you pay the people that uh, work in the publishing houses and the agents and all those, yeah. all those mm-hmm. marketing people. And and fat, not like fat shaming, but fat like you know. Oh, I know what you mean. Uh, the, the the capitalist with the big cigar fat. Um, <laughs> right. You're paying them. You're not paying the authors. Uh, yeah. If you want to right. pay an author, buy indie books because the author, no matter Amazon, bad, not bad, whatever, but the author will get seventy percent wow. of the money you spent on the book. And so, right. so this is this gives us uh, incredible opportunities as, as indie authors. This makes this created a whole business of that is worth billions. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. um, indie publishing, and that all comes from Amazon. It's almost like an afterthought, so, um, really. Like the idea that like they don't need your they don't need your money in a way. Minute, you know sh- what I mean? Sh- maybe we shouldn't be saying this out loud. Maybe they don't know what they're fucking doing. <laughs> I don't know who. Oh, uh, no, Amazon just, doesn't know that, like, they're basically giving... Doesn't know that it's basically, like, actually hooking you guys up really well. <laughs> and, you know, I'm afraid they'll put a stop to it, and I don't want it gets, to. It gets like, even better. I mean, there is there is Kindle Unlimited, and that makes mm. it even better where you get paid for, for every uh, page people read. Well, back this up. Is the, oh, the, that's the fairest system in the world. I know world nothing about this. Yeah, hold on. That's incredible. <laughs> I didn't know anything. So many, I didn't explain this, please. 
yeah, so many people, so many people buy a book okay. because it's a bestseller or there is a name on it, and then this book stands in the shelf or lies on the Kindle, and they will never read it. And uh, Amazon Kindle Unlimited is the fairest system because it pays if people actually read and enjoy your book. Oh, shit. So uh, with Kindle Unlimited, it's it's a subscription. People pay, I think, I don't know, users pay. 15 bucks or something like that yeah, per month. It's not that bad. And for that, okay. they can borrow as many books as they want. And um, every time someone borrows Behind Blue Eyes and reads it back to back, I will get more money than if someone buys the book. I was literally under the impression that it was like a raw deal for writers with Kindle and Guys, no. guys. No, no. Guys, she, she, she knows I read the whole thing. <laughs> I know what? That I know what? that you know he read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if, if that's Amazon will tell you that, and and you know, in almost in real time on on the dashboard, you will see how many pages are read and I how would much never money. Leave you my get. computer. Yeah, that's, that's the downside of it. You get obsessed. Yeah. And I, sur- I certainly check yeah. my numbers yeah. like five times a day. Fuck the reviews. I want to watch numbers exactly. go up. Yeah, let's go. That's incredible. You can see. Right. You can see if someone reads your book, basically, because all Kindles, of course, are connected to Amazon, and you will get paid for every page. Fuck. And this is this is like that Batman uh, cell phone. See, my shit mind is right just here. blown because I never knew that. I but always it's thought amazing. It, yeah. Honestly, honestly, it's the best because it's so fair. Incredible. If someone likes my book, they will read yeah, it to the very last page, and I will get paid for it. Why did it have to be and Amazon? Okay. Why couldn't it be like literally anybody? Because this is such an incredible system yeah. of. Pu- I actually future. really like this one big. specific. It only aspect. works because it's big. That's you know? yeah, that's, that's, like that's, yeah. A, yeah. it makes so much sense with like a future of what publishing could be with digital technology. Like even the idea of like the Kindle itself is an incredible device. Electronic ink, who knew? But like it's, god damn this. I'm sorry, you just like destroyed it, my just brain. The, it's the whole with, like like the possibility. Amazon is Costco, but there are no farmers markets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what it feels like a little bit. Yeah, but publishing it's that's so, so I mean, like if, you've got, authors, if you got a thing to sell, where are you gonna fucking take it? So for authors, honestly, Amazon is the best wow. uh, of all possibilities. All right. The fairest is Amazon. And they Weird. have this a, just they, turned into spot. I, I mean, I, I know I sound now like a like a spokesperson for Amazon. Oh, no, if it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's, when, it's, it's just look, true. You yeah, know? yeah, it's just yeah. just because how it is. Yeah, and it's and like fuck Jeff Bezos and his stupid penis rocket. And so, this one yeah, thing is really yeah. cool. This is cool, but it is Jeff Bezos who, who brought us this because I mean he started yeah. out as a bookseller and he loves right. books. Yeah. That he says that many times. He loves books that he hasn't read or misunderstands. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, you know that that we get such such fantastic uh, um, conditions. It's is because of him. So and 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 th- that's why also why uh, traditional publishers hate Amazon and Bezos in particular so much. And I will never forget how my agent told me one day, um, "I wish mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos mm-hmm. never would have been born." And, and you're like, yo, a machine is about to replace you, son. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's self-publishing, of course, has its downsides because you have to do everything yourself. Right, right. Uh, I mean, when, you have to make appearances. But this and, is something uh, I personally like. So you, you said earlier okay. my marketing is good because you found me yeah. individually. Um, <laughs> but that's because I put 
so much effort into it. Um, it shows. If I the, wouldn't, oh, yeah, trailers yeah. are good. It, it well, definitely shows. Yellow. It's very like I followed it because you know we're friends on Twitter, and I like I'm getting all your stuff firsthand, and I'm like, this is really high quality, like book marketing, yeah. like yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, that actually goes into um. Uh, Shadow Link, you you were going to say something, and then I'll go into my next question. Well, I was going to ask. Uh, shit, no, I forgot it. Hang okay. on. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go to my next question then. Which um, so with Amazon, it's more streamlined than the process, right? Like it, we'll get to the difficulties of having to do you know everything by yourself, but like so the process of publishing through it is much more streamlined. You would say, or yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's basically a direct thing between Amazon and you. There is no one in between. So, so um, you just like write up a document and then you can just throw it up on Amazon. Yeah, you. I mean, they oh, have. Of course, they now have. They have certain. They have certain standards. You need to format it, but they will even give you the software for that. You know, they will. You can download the software for free, and it is so easy. Hmm. You can format your book and upload it to Amazon. Meanwhile, it takes me like uh, ten minutes uh, to do that. So you don't even. So so it's formatted uh, perfectly for a Kindle. You put it up there. uh, You upload your cover, and it's it's really done super quick. And then uh, a day later, it is up. So for, tra- uh, for a traditional book, it makes a lot of sense. I guess there's no like House of Leaves being published through like Kindle, but I don't know how you would really do that anyway. That's more like art. But that's, yeah, that's fascinating. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. I mean, you also you also can can publish, you know, uh, illustrations and mm-hmm. books that are illustrated and and graphic novels yeah, and I've so on. That, yeah. You can you can do all of it. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, they even you even can do um, hardcovers. You know, so all my all my books are also available as hardcovers, and yeah. um, and it goes mm. further. Uh, so there is also Audible, and Audible people also always are bitching about Audible, and yeah, it has its downsides. For example, a horrible um, customer service, but Audible has, has ACX, and ACX uh, gives you the opportunity to create your audiobook without any publisher, without anyone in between. All you need is a narrator. And you you do a deal with the narrator. If you don't, if you have the money, you pay them and they will do the book mm. for you and you upload it and get paid. If you don't have the money, because mm. it can cost 2,000 to 5,000 bucks to, to produce yeah. Yeah. A, an audiobook, Fuck. if you don't have the money, you can uh, find a narrator who is willing to do royalty share with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, then... Every, every the royalties between uh, will be split fifty fifty between between you and him for seven years, but you can get an audiobook. This is this is absolutely incredible. You know, yeah. it, is, yeah. it gives us so much freedom and so much possibilities, and there is no publisher talking into anything. Hmm. If I if I create my audiobook and people don't like it, okay, I won't earn money, but um, it is it is my own. Uh, fault and not a publisher who told me to write a triangle story into a, into yeah. a book where it doesn't fit and I can't do anything yeah. against it. Yeah. So if You're I screw up, it's, it's my own thing. Those, I screwed up yeah. and I will learn for the next book uh, for, from mm. the experience. But um, yeah. you yeah, have control, you, which is wonderful. Yeah, the way you describe Amazon versus like traditional publishing houses, it's like the cops versus the mafia, uh-huh. I guess. Like, like you said, they, <laughs> they do seem to act like the mafia a little bit. Uh, publishing houses, 
So I mean, some of them yeah, are, like, you know, moths. Yeah, yeah, they are a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they definitely are all connected and all knowing each other and and, and so on. Um, it's like when networking goes bad, it turns into this like weird, closed, insular. You got to be nice to them and you don't necessarily want to I mean, to there's be, a reason I've know, never been like, hired by like major publishing like companies, even though I live like, you know, I can see them from my, you know, like I live. It, there's mm-hmm. a reason for that simply because I don't know anybody in the industry. And even though it's just literally just me pushing papers, it would, you know, for a living. But um, so with all that with Amazon, so do you ever feel self-publishing uh, through them? Are you ever uh, feel forced? Do they do this? Is something that's been on my mind for a little bit, the way social media has been going. That's a next question uh, in the, a little bit. Have you ever felt like you were forced to like, you know, optimize, like having a cover a certain way or having a, a certain title to get more views or is that, or does it just leave it entirely up to you? Um, Amazon leaves it entirely up to me. Okay. So there is only a very, very few uh, limits. You can't have naked people on the cover. And I think you can't have uh, stuff that is too violent or violent. Uh, on the cover. Uh, that kind of thing. On the cover. Okay. Yeah, on the cover. In the okay. book, you can have whatever you like. Cool. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so no no real nudity on, on, on the covers and stuff like mm. that. However, you are, of course, limited by the market. And that's that's the thing, which is we unfortunately, it, of course, you can publish whatever you want, but you can't force people to read it. <laughs> that's so, like anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to make money, you probably should have a cover that is uh, fitting the genre you're writing in, and maybe even one. So, like in my in my case. I changed the cover for Behind Blue Eyes. I had another cover originally, which showed uh, Nephilim, uh, Adriel, and Metatron, uh, all in mm. like uh, dressed in black leather, and uh, was this big city in behind. I love this cover. It is really cool. It is great. I changed it, and I had a cover. I now have a cover only with Nephilim, and she is wearing way less textile than before. Shows more mm-hmm. skin, and the book says much better. It's as simple as that. This is just math, yo. Yeah. 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 Got a little bit of the uh, the cyberpunk yellow in there. Yeah, of course. That was from the beginning the writing and the font and the color. I wanted it to be like a little bit like cyberpunk. The book came out before Cyberpunk 2077, by the way. I don't know how, yeah. like, I don't know how but like the yellow that BT they use dubs. for that marketing has become iconic now. That's like that's a signifier that if if your game is cyberpunk, like the genre, then it's got to have like that yellow yes, or if, a yellow very similar to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went, I went for that uh, on on yeah. purpose. But yeah, so the book says better it's, when it's when like, Netflix... it's not over the top. No, no. But the book says better with Nephilim wearing less clothes. And um, that's just how it is, right? I mean, yeah. um, if people if people want that, then e- you either give it to them or you won't sell books. I mean, I'm looking over to like mm-hmm. my collection of like classic pulps and I'm like, nothing has changed. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> literally, it, we're the same animal when it comes to like book covers as we ever were since yeah, books were covers were especially... like don't judge a book by its cover but now it's 1000 percent judge that i always have i don't know what people are fucking <laughs> yeah. talking about. like that's your first interaction with when a, i started with a volume yes they, absolutely when i, I started seeing too. dave mckean do covers that's what i started i was like yeah oh, yeah oh, i'm getting that book 
whatever. So, so yeah, you have to, and, and also, I mean, the audience, this is something, I think that's a very important thing. Most people don't realize when they start out. The indie audience is a different audience than the traditional uh, trap up mm. audience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, people who read traditionally published books, most of them won't touch uh, indies because uh, mm-hmm. the the traditional publishing houses did a great job to uh, uh, smear us and make us look like idiots who and amateurs who don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is why we also never will get you know nominated for the Nebula Award and stuff yeah, like that. It's yeah. all reserved to them. It's all the mafia. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they did a great job with that and that therefore there are many people who will never touch an indie book um, and they're missing out on pretty good stories. But that's yeah. just how it is. So you should never try to have your cover look like a traditionally published cover. Hmm. You you would rather want to appeal to the crowd that reads indie books and that's yeah, like a completely different crowd. Often they are voracious readers and that's why uh, Kindle Unlimited is so important. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a completely different aesthetic and it's, of course, much pipier. Um, people prefer um, easy, digestible stuff, which again is for me stupid to write the stuff I write because well, Behind Blue Eyes is maybe fun, but it is not really like the, the really... Uh, um, either um, slice of life or pipey thing. It is pretty serious. And yeah. um, so it probably would say better if I would write something less serious and. Um, oh, yeah. Just write, just write Harle- Harlequin romances. You'll. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, of or course, those, those, those uh, best, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you know, you're uh, talking about like selling things, like have to sell books but like at least you're selling them the way that you want to yeah and writing them that way yeah that's there's a clear vision here that you don't get a lot of times from some of the like more mass Mm -hmm. market books because it's all the same shit you know it's like title title cap cap you know author author and inside it's just about some loner who has to go save like the princess yeah or or romance is basically a a cookie cutter right i mean most romance stories are exactly the same and and but that's what people want you know fans of the genre want cookie cutter they don't want something new and original never understood that i think that's why i'm Um, not good in that in in publishing industry is like i never understood that so you, you you make the decision for yourself do you want to write stuff like that and maybe become rich or do you want to write stuff that is different and have it much more difficult and that's the way i am going Mm. so that's Mm -hmm. why i have to do so much marketing and put so much effort into it to convince people to give my books a chance because well yeah they are not cookie cutter books and in science fiction written by a female author so um, I have a lot of disadvantages I, I'm dealing with every day. So self-publishing is not on, only, you know, uh, roses. It's um, oh, a lot yeah. of thorns. <laughs> extremely right. thankful to have you here to disabuse people of the notion that this is by any means anything more than mere alcoholism and tapping your head against a window. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, let's establish. It's less romantic. Yeah, exactly. Than that, okay? we, we have that beaten out of us. 
at least we were realistic enough in school to realize that. But let's like like let us put down now this is a craft and it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. want to you want to be able to it's do like this. Anything. Like you have to. Yeah. But that kind of go- there's steps to it. There's work yes. behind it. There's heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. know, And it's exhausting. People don't get that. But for you me, know, you know, if, if, for me, the decision is so I, I am taking this much, much more difficult w- road to um, becoming successful with stuff that that is different. But that's because I was thinking, okay, if I have to sit down and write like cookie cutter romance stuff every day, so I make money and maybe buy myself a nice house, why am I doing that? I could have become a lawyer. Yeah. You know, why? Why should I do that? Something that makes me unhappy that you hate that right. i hate yes why should i do that if i wanted that then i would have become a lawyer or i don't know like a like an account yeah if i'm gonna, yeah, if I'm gonna something torture like myself that. it's gotta be nothing against reason. any of those jobs yeah i'm just yeah. saying no, no no i'm not equipped yeah i'm exactly. not equipped for anything exactly yeah so that's the same it's with me so that's that's why the decision is like okay i i i, I will have to go the way i'm i'm going yeah so yeah. my next one is uh like so as an indie author like how was the development process with editing and whatnot because we've had other authors and they hire editors and I've always yeah. been interested in like because you know you're on your own and like how do how do how did you um do this um so I recommend every uh, indie author to hire a professional editor I think that's absolutely essential. Uh, because you will see the, the difference uh, in books that haven't been edited and, and have been edited. Yeah. It's absolutely oh, yeah. important. You need a professional cover designer. Don't, don't unless you are, uh, you know, a professional graphic designer and know what you're doing. Don't design mm-hmm. your cover yourself. Find someone who does it for you. And the same with editing. Uh, find someone who does it for you. Find a, a good pro because um fresh eyes yeah. that's really 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 important and unfortunately it's not easy to find uh, good people the best way is really to to ask for recommendations by other authors mm-hmm. because i made the experience i had two editors that weren't really good and um now i have one which is fantastic and i, I hope he will he will stay with me for many years um mm. because i'm so happy with him but um it's difficult to find a good editor for sure. And, and the thing was, yeah, with indie publishing is you are the boss of everything and you have to take care of everything and find the right people for you and do everything right. And unfortunately at the beginning, you probably will make mistakes and that's just, Hmm. just how it goes. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a, that's the other thing too. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah. Like the person who writes the first novel, is not going to be the same fucking person that wrote the fifth novel. It, it's just a Very matter true. of living and experience and everything else. And I mean, I mean your boy. You, you need any proof. Look back to any of your old notebooks and then keep all weapons locked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every, everyone, Valid. everyone. Yeah. You know, yep. Oh God, I was looking through fucking notebooks from the nineties. man. It's not pretty. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I've grown a lot, I'd like to say. Um, but no, it's 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 true. Like, it's a process. It's a process, and yeah. I, I know an editor. Um, anyway, moving on. 
I think I think I know that guy too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm I've, I'm recently unemployed, so I'm going to try and now that I'm getting a little bit more settled with you know running around, uh, I am for hire. If anyone is interested, we'll plug my scum is for hire. So my I'll plug my Twitter of like you know all my actual name and whatnot. If you could actually see what I look like in my actual Twitter, I'll I'll have that. Pl- I'll give that. We'll have that plugged in. I offer reasonable rates because I would like to be able to help the indie community because, you know, I can't imagine a lot of people can afford, you know, a thousand dollars to edit a novel. So, you know, but um, also speaking from experience, this is our like, first real commercial. First guys. Real commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please help me. I need money because I'd like, to I, I would like, I would like to jump in on that commercial. So hire him. If you are a new author, if you're inexperienced, yes, really, really, really do it. it it's, it's worse to, to hire a pro for development editing. If you're new to, uh, to writing itself, if you're, if you're, for example, a lawyer and decide you want to write, a book hire uh scum uh, for 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 being your uh, um development editor so your book will be much better because yes, how you. how are you supposed to know how to do it i will right? i will how? not force it's... you to put a romance or into your novel <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy loves to do this too he loves getting writing from anybody the way I like to eat pizza, he it's likes to true. <laughs> really? Oh my god, I hate editing. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's special. Like fucking exploit that. Please. Oh my like, god. Give this man money to read your weird. Yeah, words. no, I, I, I'm <laughs> definitely of the school of like I want your vision to come out more than I want to like you know interject my own bullshit into it. So, but uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds no, really it, good. Very, so it, so, yeah. so thank you. Yeah, so uh, I would hire you. Please, please, I need money. Anyway, okay. so moving, moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about social media just now. So hey, segue. What, what just I don't know. Edit this out. Um, oh my god. No, no, that's it. Now, now y'all have to hire him because I just embarrassed him. So. I just embarrassed you in editing three hours from now. That's fucking amazing. But look, look, <laughs> I, I, as I said, as I said before, I already have an editor, and he is amazing. And I, oh I would, yeah, no, 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 as as awesome as you are, I, want to take away I would job. be, I would be a, a total asshole if oh, I yeah, would no. dump him. Oh yeah, so, no, totally. No. I wasn't serious, so, was uh, I? No. I, I already I already have someone, but if you outside there don't have anyone yet, then yeah, he's your guy. Yes. Hell so yeah. talking about social media, it's uh, so this is a question actually a friend of mine helped me out with, like, to form in my head. Because, you know, I'm still, despite, you know, my interests, I still feel like I'm learning all of this like in and so like what's your experience using social media and the need to go viral so a lot of authors like book like on book talk or you or book tube or like book basically any social media they're kind of forced to go viral very similar to in the music industry now that they're making artists trying like go viral and a lot of them aren't okay with that so it's like what's your experience with that. Which itself might be, a yes. Which itself tactic. could be a marketing yeah. tactic. Complaining about going, going viral might be a viral <laughs> video. You know, yeah. like we're through the looking. But your, glass but your experience, what is like your experience using social media? Do you ever feel pressured to try and like go viral? You know what I mean. 
So, so first of all, if, if, if you can tell me how to go viral, I will pay you a lot of money and you will be my best friend forever. Can... All I know is it involves cup and uh, like poop. Like a cup and poop. God. So this is, this or... is the thing. It's, it's impossible. This is something. It's impossible to go viral on purpose. Mm -hmm. if, if it would be possible, there would be people earning a lot of money helping other people going viral. It's not possible. You can do certain stuff on social media to bring yourself out there. And maybe when you're lucky, you go viral. But often it's it's total shit that goes viral and and nobody can tell you why this is go this tweet went viral and not the other one well, so this is like but, it's, uh what is that song uh what did the fox say shut that up that was that no. was a thing that came around why did you like, why did you oh, say that it's in my head now thanks dude <laughs> why did, i i'm gonna i'm no, gonna that, kill was, you. that that was a fucking that just rank of corporate media Boy, well, it's it, it's that. interesting. How did that? Oh. It's interesting you bring that up. Well, early viral was well, weird. Here, well, here's the thing. Like, it's interesting you bring. Some people know what Homestar Runner is. Some yeah, yeah, no. But it's interesting you bring that up, Shadowland, because it's the idea of like because. I'm still learning what book talk is, right? Because I don't know. I'm too old. Yeah. I feel I'm too old for TikTok. But the point is with like social media. Yeah, you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like. We're going to be starting. Yeah, probably one, so as a joke. Just... But like as book talk, it's the idea that you're kind of like. People are just recommending books to each other based on how they made them feel, not necessarily like how they are, the quality, you know, like, which isn't always, like, isn't always, you know, a bad thing. Like, I actually think that's quite beautiful to recommend books just based on how they, f you, they made you feel. But yeah. it, it's, it, it, it's, you're right about hundred about that is like, you can't kind of, you kind of can't make something go viral. On no, purpose. you can't. That's, that's, that's really with all social media. I, I. Um, so I've been doing this for a couple of years. Uh, I already started my social media when I was back in Germany mm -hmm. and then I brought it over here. And so I am on, on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube and I'm on TikTok. And, um, so it is a lot of work. It is really tough. It is, it takes so much time to build up a following. Mm -hmm. It is mm -hmm. necessary, unfortunately. Uh, so you have two possibilities and, and that's, that's the biggest problem in general in, in, uh, indie publishing is it's very much pay to play. Hmm. Unfortunately, as everything everywhere in life, um, if you happen to have money, then, um, you will, you, your chances to become a successful, a successful writer are much higher. Well, what do you mean by um, that? For, if, what do you, you mean know, by that in the context of social media pay to play? Yeah, so um, social media um, and also Amazon that also has ads. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you run Amazon ads, they are costly, but you also run ads on social media. Mm -hmm. So if you see people who have a lot of followers and they maybe have, haven't been around long, they have paid a lot of money uh, on mm -hmm. uh, for ads to build the, uh, this following. And that's no, on yeah. all platforms. I, we have experience. And then there are ads mm -hmm. for selling books for, and especially the ones on Facebook are expensive, but very powerful. And the thing is, if you spend $10,000 a month on ads on Facebook, you will make $30,000. So oh. that's a lot of money Hold up. you earn. I thought but you were going to say 10000 Yeah, I was going to say. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That's, that's the thing. So I, of course, can't spend so much, but I definitely make a profit. 
unfortunately, I don't have I don't have um, the money to spend ten thousand dollars a month because if I had, I would do it. And that's what mm. I mean with pay to play. So if you have the money, uh, f- for whatever reason, um, you can invest. Okay, you also need to do what know what you're doing, right? I mean, it's uh, you either. But if you have the money, you hire someone who will do it for you. In my case, I know how to do it. I lack the money to spend ten thousand bucks a month on on ads and make the big money back. Um, so, so this is this is the thing with with running ads on Facebook in particular. Facebook is extremely powerful. Um, I have a big social media following on Twitter, which is uh, eighteen thousand. I have two thousand on um, Facebook, which is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. nice. Facebook is really difficult to to gain followers. Yes. Yeah. And um, I only started my, my, my TikTok recently, but TikTok, I use it mostly to make videos or, or participate in challenges um, with, mm-hmm. with my narrator mostly. Uh, and then uh, you can download the videos you make there and post there. You can download them and post them on your other social media. So this is the, the main reason I'm doing it. And the thing mm-hmm. with TikTok is the audience is uh, mostly... 13 to 25 and uh, that's and female and that's not my audience my audience is 35 to 50 and male hmm. why don't you just call me out <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> oh that might be a genre thing i don't know that's that's interesting yeah that's a it's a, it's a genre yeah. thing yeah of course yeah. it is yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. and and again social media is so great for that like facebook will tell you exactly who your fans oh, yeah. are and the exact demographic and where they live and how old they are and what the interests are so i know exactly who my fans are and there are 70 percent male and the biggest chunk is between uh, 35 and 50 and the second biggest is between 18 and 25 and uh for some reason i don't know um but that's that's just that's just how it is so running ads on tiktok would be a waste of money for me because uh the demographic i need to sell my books isn't there mm-hmm. yeah Makes sense. Mm-hmm. i mean like um, we, we riff- oh go ahead oh no that's all I, I, oh, I was gonna say we riff on social media quite a lot largely because the, uh, us trio we don't have a taste for it and despite the fact that, yeah. like, you know, it's our lifeblood, which probably not a great thing. <laughs> well, but uh, it, my my whole shtick is like, I, I'm not trying to clog your feed with stuff, yeah. man. You know, and that's old. Also, man, we don't have the money. I like, need you, to be- you bring up a good point, Anna. It's the idea of like, we, we realized true. that very early on when we were blown, when I was buying ads and whatnot and getting no returns, is the idea of like, well, I'm just not putting enough money into the machine. And like, we don't have money. <laughs> you know yeah. uh, well, the yeah. thing is you also can't put work into the machine that mm. also works it's just slower and mm-hmm. it's really uh, so i spend every day every single day at least two hours on social media every day from mm. monday to sunday wow and uh and that's that's why then that's why you say okay my 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 social media marketing is strong yeah, that's, this is why we're having that's this conversation, why, yeah, right? I mean, very much I, so. I put so much, so much work into it, and and um, over time it will pay off. I'm hoping because I am building. Uh, what I did is I built a brand. That's another thing you you can do as an author uh, is to build up your own brand, and um, this is something I have done over the last two years. Um, oh yeah, that's pretty apparent. Yes. Like scrolling through a lot of your stuff, I was just like, wow. <laughs> like Anna's an institution. Yeah. Holy shit. 
<laughs> well, I like hearing that because it shows that my, you know, my a lot the work I'm putting into it, but also a lot of thought I'm putting into it. But I, I, I also would like to point out that I really love cyberpunk and I really love the genre. And when I started out um, with Behind Blue Eyes two years ago, uh, there was basically no indie cyberpunk scene at all. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't there. And yeah, I thought so too. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Why? Yeah. It turned out that it's a, a tiny niche. Most people are reading uh, Neuromancer over and over again. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> No, I've read that like once. I was good. I was, yeah, but there awesome. are, Fuck. it's really difficult right. to, no, it to compete because yeah. I realized that too when so, uh, we can't, I got onto a Neon Dystopia and I got immersed in like, you know, that community on Facebook and other places like that is it's just the same things over and over again and i got yeah it really hasn't uh evolved yeah uh, and and the indie indie uh is very small because mm-hmm. a lot of uh unfortunately you know we call ourselves punks but uh, many cyber punks are very elitist when it comes to literature yes. and will only touch yeah. will only touch traditionally published authors yep. <laughs> yeah that's that gatekeeping that's, shit. that's what i'm trying to turn around with the uh with the um that's what I'm trying to turn around with the database. I've been on Smashwords for the past, like, I don't know how long. Forever, Before since I've known you. The, every, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, well, Sp- Smashwords specifically, oh, okay. because that's another uh, indie publishing uh, thing. I'm scared to go to Amazon and see what, how much, how much uh, cyber, how, how much cyberpunk material is on there, but I. Uh, Oh. Not not as much as you would think. So yeah. this is this is the uh, another point. I, I can come back yeah, to that well, later. Is uh, that lit RPG almost destroyed us? But we're fighting back, and <laughs> we're, we're still here, and uh, we're not going anywhere. Good. Uh, so, but yeah, they almost destroyed well, us. Uh, but we're getting more, and there are m- more books coming out um, almost every month, and. Um, a huge variety of very different stories, uh, more modern stuff, more classic stuff. Uh, you know, cyberpunk is so incredibly diverse. You can tell so many different stories. And oh, I yeah. have been, I've been working on to building up this community since, since day one, since over two years ago. And I started creating, uh, you know, author groups and author communities on uh, different social media channels. And um, yeah, Twitter, Discord, Facebook, and uh, I created the anthology and um, Cyberpunk Day, and and so on. So so because I was thinking, okay, we need to work together and make our genre stronger and more popular, and show people out there how cool we are. Yeah. And um, I'm and very happy that it's you know slowly it's it's showing results. Well, it's definitely touched like yeah me as well, like with people I've worked with and whatnot so it's kind of like i'm glad we're finally like talking about that you know like it's like oh yeah i love yeah i love the way that you've been going about Mm -hmm. it as well because if there's any place that the cyberpunk scene should be flourishing it is on the indie scene um in my opinion and because that's where that's where you know you get people like you a female science fiction author who isn't using a pen name um you know having like a sex and violence build you know just really fun book um, <laughs> that you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to pick up on 
Yeah. It's a Bell's whirlwind favorite. blender of, of a chrome and meat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a good pull line for you. And oh, it definitely it. makes me feel many things at once. <laughs> it's it, 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 Seriously, it's like, I'm like, I'm just getting over these emotions and then something else happens. I'm like, oh, yeah. holy shit. I mean, and it's fluid. What, I like see, you say, you say that you think that cyberpunk is just a genre, but what you're doing in and of itself is also very cyberpunk in a way. Like you, you are carrying out sort of the uh, community, the ideology. Oh well, yeah, uh, that's DIY. Yeah, that's yeah. punk. So. You know, yeah, I believe I really believe in communities available. and 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 networking and you know um, oh, working definitely. together. Yeah. This is something I'm. Yeah, that's one of my core principles and. Um, Unfortunately, not everyone is like that. You know, no. there are people who will simply um, abuse it. And this happens happened to me multiple times, you know, that I've been helpful. And and then it was simply, you know, uh, the other the other person or, or people were uh, just trying to get their own advantage. So I, I've become more careful about that, to be, to be honest, after some mm-hmm, yeah. bad experiences. Oh, but. You. What I always say is, yeah, we we in the authors we are the true cyberpunks because we uh, we choose this path, which is way more difficult. But we choose it because we have the freedom of expression, and we only have this freedom of expression in in, in the publishing. And um, yeah, that's why we are really the cyberpunks, and we are not we are not working. Uh, with the gatekeepers who basically are the corpus so the corpus are basically the the uh, the big publishers yeah. and um you you have a system but you have to work within it which is also very cyberpunk yeah yeah There's... yeah and, and a really... cyberpunk worker so in cyberpunk 277 i would probably be a fixer you know that that, that <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I'm slowly realizing we we both know a lot of the same people, and I even realize it. Like it's really fun. It's really interesting. But uh, yeah, that was all my questions. So that was that was great. I've, I've got uh, I've got another couple. That yeah. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Go go for it. Um, I think we're, this is the this is the free for all segment. Yeah. yeah. So I, so I asked earlier. Uh, I forgot to ask the second part of this question. I asked earlier about uh, what like. We talked about automation, how you think that's the biggest threat. What do you think the, which technology do you think is our biggest hope? The biggest hope. Hmm. Damn. I must say, hey, I baby. think, I think, I think that modern medicine is amazing. And, and okay. uh, yeah. Same. because I mean, if, if you look at it, uh, yeah, we don't have a cure against cancer yet, but uh, only 20 years ago, uh, most cancers were a death sentence, and nowadays um, they are treatable, and people live oh, yeah. about yeah. twenty years, thirty years, or, or, or you know, get old. Or the same with AIDS. I mean, I, I'm a '90s child, and back then, so especially in in, in Germany, we have been so all of us were so scared of it. Uh, we were so um, educated on being careful and everything because AIDS was like the death sentence. And mm. meanwhile, it is not. I mean, um, it's still a horrible disease, but it is, you won't die of it. And uh, it's treatable now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's amazing, you know? So, so for me, medicine is like, uh, of course, then there, there are the dark sides of it, like uh, genetic engineering and so on. I, I am very skeptical of that. Uh, mm. But in general, um, medical science is, is absolutely amazing. And 
And my personal, what I am big fan of uh, is everything that has to do with quantum physics. Um, That's like, I'm a really nerd about that um, because it is basically um, destroying everything what we thought is real and teaching us uh, new things every day. And that's for me, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, quantum physics is interesting, but it never really, it doesn't oftentimes make like, it's no, not it featured heavily in like cyberpunk material that, that I've noticed anyways. Well, yeah, the, the quantum computers, of course, if, if you go into the, the whole uh, artificial intelligence thing, yeah. um, they will be really okay. Im- important. Um, and can, that's I something you could, you could definitely bring into a cyberpunk world. Yeah, but... Um, and of I course, I mean, of course, future. I I have an admitted cyborg fetish. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that leads me to, to my last uh, the last question. If you were to get a cyber cybernetic limb or implant, what would it be? I certainly would get a new heart because uh, heart disease run run runs in my family, and I oh, uh, don't want to end up dead because of a heart attack. So. Metal heart would be great. That would be the first thing for me uh, to exchange. And otherwise, I don't know, like like synthetic limbs kind of would be scary. I mean, you have to amputate your mm. arms and get new yeah, ones. Yeah. I mean, that's like, yeah. Yeah. Then you got to reinforce your rib cage and shit. Yeah, that's that's a different thing. Yeah, you know, inner, inner organs and so on. And of course, you know, I, I would always choose to look young like forever, like Metatron, <laughs> oh, for sure. okay? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. So that heart first and then skin or whatever, uh, whatever has to be done there, you know, that would be the second thing. <laughs> Man, no one ever says tail. <laughs> <laughs> you would like to have a tail. Oh my God, the balance alone. <laughs> like what kind of tail? A dog tail or I'll a cat? I'll be DJing and then boom, beer. It's so, come on. It's amazing. It's he so wants amazing. like a third arm, but on his butt. Like, yeah. like in, yeah. you know, in um, Spaceballs, the guy was with the tail. And... <laughs> just waiting into space. Uh, Fuck that. I know. I want a prehensile tail. I want it, like almost a tentacle, but furry. <laughs> a, te- a tentacle. Okay, now, now we're getting into the really interesting stuff, right? <laughs> so, yeah, there's no suction cups. All right. Okay, you know I mean? tentacles. Yeah, a prehensile, like, you know, somebody uses it. Pick up a beer. Like, they can lift a pint of beer. That's all I want it to be able to do. <laughs> and I want it to be able to bring it up between my arms in front of me so that I can, like, kind of. Yeah, know, I mean, it makes sense. You can hold a things. controller and play games and have your tail uh, uh, give you the you drink. Finally, you could have, there would be a, finally, there would be a reason for the N64 paddle to have three. You guys, uh, <laughs> just. <laughs> Three handles. <laughs> You're just making my argument for me. <laughs> okay, tail but, for you. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've, I've thought about eyes before, but like that, well, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to make the argument for getting a cybernetic implant or limb replacement when the way that we seem to be making all our hardware is we need to have them infinitely, well, like, constantly connected to the to the internet and yeah receive like a bad firmware update you know well like it needs boom. to i just yeah. uh yeah, i that's, just read that's, 
and also you're traceable, right? I mean, that's oh, also yeah. like in behind blue eyes. You have those parts, and you're traceable. Mm-hmm. And um... exactly, you'd always be you'd always be uh, trading like a little sliver of freedom that you had. Before. Every time, wait, what, what, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? I just had this whole little fantasy about a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just like faded off into the middle distance. Like, I'm not even shitting you. I was just talking about I was like, it. where would I put it if I was driving? You know, like I had all this whole thing just happened in my head. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know where you would put it. It'd be a driving. lot more bicycling really? in my don't future. I don't want to know. Uh-uh. I'd have to like have a little collar for it so I could pull it up so it wouldn't get pulled into the gears. <laughs> No, I think it's every time I what think I got excited about, at the movies. Yeah, no, anyway, it's, it, everything's wired, but also like, you know, prosthetic limbs are heavy. They hurt like they're uncomfortable to mm-hmm. wear. Like we're no. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's something I think as much as I love cyberpunk, but all those, you know, um, synthetic limbs and so on are it not realistic. So easy. It's it's not realistic yeah, because yeah. who would want to have yeah their, their limbs chopped off so, so they can get a new new one guy. Uh, there's one guy, um, and not and not me. <laughs> no, there was a, that Max Berry novel, Machine Man, where the guy gets into an industrial accident and he loses his leg, but his job was to design prosthetics. And he he's like, this doesn't work for me. So he takes a bunch of painkillers, goes into work, and has the other leg taken off so he can make a pair of balancing legs. Wow. The book is hilarious. Yeah, but but that's you know that's, that's different. You know, when you lose a limb, of course. But if you yeah. if you just like that, like um, if you're maybe a criminal and you want to be extra strong, then it makes sense for you to to have artificial arms so you can beat people up and stuff. Okay, uh, um, that kind of, of stuff. But normal people, I don't think they would uh, get any uh, kind of limbs. Yeah. So this is something I also have in Behind Blue Eyes yeah. that um. Yeah, it's the cyborgs. Oh, we, are... we did that story like what a few months ago about how like those people that had the eyes like oh <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, the yeah, last yeah, yeah. their shit got out yeah, yeah it got know, outdated it's... their equipment became outdated because the company just stopped because you can do that because you're a company which is shitty because yeah. these people rely on like this entire incredibly it's an incredible system it lets literally lets the blind see but what happens when they stop making parts and then their stuff starts breaking down. Also, yeah, every time I think, and, uh, and because it's implanted, like you can't just be like, no, Here, let me just like, these are in your eyes, yeah. put it back in. Yeah, I think so too. It's a nightmare. Really. Every time we think of every it's... time we talk about like prosthetic limbs, I think about this one article. This, uh, it was this really well written piece by a person who, like, is one of the few people who ended up getting to ch- test drive the um. It's it's like the electronic hand, basically. He could close it, he could open it by like basically flexing, mm-hmm. and uh, he could crush a yeah. coke can with it. He said it was awful, and everyone really like thought this was the future. But he's like, no, this thing weighs a ton. It hurts my shoulder. I'm sweaty. All mm-hmm. it does is crush coke cans. I can't really pick anything up with it. So like, it, it's we're not there yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Four rabbits. We need you know, to figure like, out more like lighter and more durable material. Yeah. No, we're we're not there yet. And more dexterous, something that has force feedback, yes. so that like, you, if you're using like a muscle tensing or like a nerve impulse, I'm not exactly sure how those ones work. I think it's like some sort of nerve thing, but like, until it knows how to stop, which is also like a problem with VR at the moment. Until you actually do get into the force feedback controllers, it doesn't really feel like you're doing anything. You're kind of waving your hands around, you know. Even when you are picking stuff up and affecting the world in which you. you are existing there's no sense of weight to it other than the weight of the yeah. controller you know something's not going to get heavier so you never know how far down to go to well, that's the point of science fiction you know, is to like you know see what we 
what the future might hold or shouldn't or shouldn't yeah, how immersive or, you know so yeah it's like yeah i mean and it's also it's like i think was it oh god i'm probably wrong on this i think it was like cory doctorow he's like you know man uh my books don't predict the future they kind of predict the present yeah mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the trick to a lot of the sci-fi I end up liking is because it it really is just like a different way to kind of look at the world in which you live and realize, ah, that thing's mm -hmm. fucked up. It's just pattern recognition. Like, we get really good at it as we get older. I think that's what it is. I'm addicted to the sense of wonder. I really don't like nostalgia. Yeah. You know, like, you can use the old forms, but do them in new ways. I did remember, like, I think the one, one of the few things that I am nostalgic for is Invader Zim. (laughs) Because that show got me. Yeah. Yeah, Ger- Ger's, he, he he's one of the voices in my head. <laughs> God. So do we have anything else? or? Uh, I actually, I just realized that we never actually asked you what kind of cyberpunk influences. Uh, yeah, I want to know what kind of music you yeah, like. Like what kind of, okay. uh, what kind of media did you bring into writing uh, Behind Blue Eyes and your other cyberpunk work? So um, I'm a goth. I only wear black clothes, yeah. and uh, yeah. that's a little bit not not really a coincidence uh, that the guardian angels only wear black, all of them. So um, yeah. there is always a goth influence in in every single one of my books. Um, oh, yeah. That's um, so that's also the kind I would, of. Hmm? I would argue that cyberpunk in general is a little bit more is a little closer to goth than it is punk, honestly. But mostly it's rather a lot of cyberpunk is rather colorful, yeah. you know. So mine, mine is so I, I love to, another influence, and I love, absolutely love Deus Ex. So this Deus yeah. Ex oh, for yeah. me was a major influence. The whole style of it, and that it's rather dark yeah. and has darker colors. And of course, Adam Jensen, who's my all-time crush, <laughs> and um, my cyborgs. I designed them similar to him, uh, just more advanced. Mm. So this is a. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I rather like it darker. So my world is not is not like this neon uh, world as many cyberpunks uh, cyberpunk uh, worlds are. And um, cyberpunk influence itself for me the biggest is Ghost in a Shell. Um, mm. I'm more I, I consider myself more in a school of of uh, the the Japanese cyberpunk and not the you know Western um, Gibson Blade Runner cyberpunk. I, I right. see. I see those two as, as it's, it's different, basically different branches of the genre. Um, so, yeah, this Japanese cyberpunk is is quite different in in many ways. And for me, um, yeah, Ghost in the Shell was when I saw this uh, the first movie for the first time. That was in the late nineties. I was so fascinated, and I always oh, yeah. wanted to to do a story like that. So this is, was oh, yeah. for me. And I have the poster, uh, this this iconic poster of her, you know, sitting naked with all those wires sticking out of, mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. So this, I have this one in, in my bedroom ever since, basically. So, um, yeah, Ghost in the Shell is my favorite. And, and the Japanese cyberpunk, which is more uh, tending, going a little bit more into the uh, philosophical uh, mm-hmm. um direction then it is going into the uh socio-economical direction uh, many of the um western works go so i have that more, too more of course I, I have the those yeah. those influences too in my work but um so probably ghost in the shell is like for me the, the major influence 
Yeah. Wow. I love it. So it's yeah, you, totally. you, we, it's, it's very clear. Like, uh, you can see a lot of goats in the shell and like, yeah, Deus Ex and, and even just random the video speed. game influences. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a sense of speed in a mm-hmm. lot of it. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, it's, yeah. I, man, that, it's it's a beautiful that like, subway bit is great yeah <laughs> well i'm so happy it's, it made me so fucking nervous which one? Uh, which one the subway bit where they're trying to get out i don't want to say anything because it's kind of oh yeah, 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 yeah that's, stuff. that's but there's a lot of stop and start to it that makes me be like just get fucking going yeah. you know like <laughs> a lot of tooth grinding it was great so uh, yeah because you mentioned earlier that you think it's cinematic how i write that's that comes of course because i'm a i'm a screenwriter by education so this is like i i see the movie in my head and i i I write down the movie i see so i'm I'm... this would be a really good first season of a show yeah yeah honestly it's the way it just builds momentum yes and like it leaves you someplace where you're just like holy shit that was great and then from what you're telling me this thing just gets exponential after that (laughs) so it's like Ah, well yeah i'm, I'm really it. happy and i hope you read the rest of the books because it's it's, oh, only, yeah. it's only getting more exciting and that's 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 what all readers say so it's not it's not what i say so oh, check yeah. out behind blue so, eyes yeah. yes please. check out behind blue eyes check out uh, was it animosocat.com yes basically is the one-stop shop for everything you but, are on... but it's easier it's easier to find behind blue eyes my name not everybody can write my name but if you type in behind blue eyes and and amazon it will my books will be the first that show up so i i've beaten the who and um she beat the ugly <laughs> and this is how to do it all right like this is a thing you got to think about if you want to be putting work into the world it's like these are yeah. the levers at yeah. your disposal this is how you use it. You know, you could talk a lot of shit about Bezos and the business practices and acknowledge that the, like the warehouses are shitholes, but like yeah. you can still kind of use their weapons against them until they realize that that's what's happening. But that's exactly so. exactly what, what you say is, is true. I mean, we are using the weapons against them. The only way yeah. we have is to, 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 to create art and, and, and make this art accessible yeah. and maybe have some people think about more stuff than just their, you know, TikTok video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. this, is, this is the only, this is the only hope we have. And, and yeah. this is, this is our, our way, how we can change the world. And for me, it's like, if you only change the world of one single person, then you have ach- achieved more than most people ever will. Yeah. I, I believe knows, that. Who knows what kind of ripple effect that would have too. Yeah, exactly. Suddenly you're doing a you're doing a weird podcast with a dude you've never met before. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. An mm-hmm. How long it's did it take fantastic. me to ask you to come on the show? I don't remember. Not that long. I, it took me a little bit, yeah, because I you might not know this little behind the scenes. I've had the equipment to make a podcast for like years before this, like two years before this. I was like, oh, I'm totally gonna do that. And then I was just like, that's what the world needs another fucking white dude with a podcast <laughs> and then it just shut it down i was just like i don't want to be that asshole yet. like and, uh, now i get to be that asshole because i can use youtube yes. as an excuse that's fantastic <laughs> how, so how long have you been doing the podcast since uh january 2020 i think okay so yeah. over, no, over 2021. 2021 i was gonna say 2020 yeah, 2021 january 6th yeah about yeah, yeah. i don't know well <laughs> isn't that and it was there was the. it was yeah, we didn't do it. Um, <laughs> we didn't. No. 
I was literally in my basement with like three fucking like windows open on my laptop while I was like playing. Yeah, you weren't that far from the action though. So they're like Antifa's down here. I'm like, no, Antifa's in the basement drinking beer and watching you dipshits. Like that's what's up. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah. Well, have fun with that well, yeah, Hannah, years, thank you, you for know? coming on i really appreciate it I, yeah. it was great thank you so much for inviting me i had i had a fantastic time Bye. and um it's yeah. yeah keep going please don't don't stop will do yeah. yeah thank you, you too, yes of course. yes thank um, you thank you very and much yes uh, do you have any uh socials that you want to plug i know you mentioned them before um yeah so you can find me on on all social media basically under my name Anna Mozikat that's M O C I K A T and yeah I also have a website and just look for behind blue eyes that's the quickest and easiest way to find me Yeah you could f- well, yeah, or we'll Cyber Squad Yeah Cyber Squad or Cyber Squad Cyber Squad yeah it's the second one Cyber Yeah Squad. we'll plug all this yeah, in the can, uh, bottom of the uh, so if you look at the podcast and there's text underneath it just click more and it'll have all these links Thank you. Yeah. Also, uh, this will probably be two tweets. There will be a second tweet. And uh, yeah, you know all our shit. You've listened to our podcast. You can know, yes. you know where to find us. Um, it's it's all on our RSS yes. and, and all the various places that leech from it. Just check, um, just check the district. Yes. And if you'd like to yeah, hire me for any editing, uh, it's editing with M on Twitter. And uh, you will find my likeness and my name. And we'll link that on the bottom, I guess, if we really have to. But uh, yeah, I, hire him. Yeah. Hire him. Yeah, we put all that effort into I'm very embarrassed. Dude, and it was <laughs> very, very, very was self-conscious. Seamless. But yes, thank you. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that was a podcast. And uh, thanks. Thank you.